Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. This is the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN. You know what Chris Paddock's about. You know he's a heater change-up guy. He's not going to trick you out there. I feel like if you eliminate one side of the field as as a hitter and just really grind this guy down... I feel like St. Louis can, you know, put two or three on the board and and kind of let their man, Mr. Kim, go to work. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. That was Mark DeRosa earlier today on Carriker and Smallman right here on 101 ESPN. If you missed it, 101ESPN.com is where you can go to find the podcast of that interview. Chris Paddock starting game one for the Padres against these Cardinals. I'm going to give you both sides of this, Jamie. On one hand, could be a bit problematic. He has one of the best changeups in baseball. He throws it 31% of the time. We certainly know the Cardinals have had their fair share of problems with changeups this season. This is a good one. So that could be the problematic side of things. That being said, he also isn't a great pitcher overall. 470 RA this year, gave up 14 bombs in 12 games, throws a bunch of strikes and gives up a ton of hard contact so far this year. This, Jamie, we talked to Jim Edmonds a couple of weeks ago now, and he said, I want to see them ambush some pitchers. I want to see them really get after it. If ever there was a game, a pitcher for the Cardinals to employ that strategy against, it's this one. Chris Paddock does not walk people. He's going to throw you a first pitch strike. He does it 67% of the time, one of the highest rates in all of baseball. Cardinals need to go out there tonight, swing in first pitch frequently, and ambush the hell out of Chris Paddock. They've got a real shot in this one in game one. So first of all, how about the fact that Shilty broke the news on this one (laughs) by accident, right? Like, I was just giggling. I was reading up on that. And for those of you who don't know, Mike Schilt came out in the media and basically said, oh, yeah, we're, we're facing Chris Paddock in game one. And nobody knew it in the media, but he had been talking to the San Diego side, and that's who they had told him he's going to start. And so, you know, Schilte becomes scoops himself at that moment. But to your point, uh, listen, this is a team that has to swing the bats. They have to. Never. They have to make contact first and foremost. The changeup, that'll be problematic for a couple of them. Yeah. A couple of these guys, you know, they get the the glitch. I'll call it where they get the they start to swing and it's kind of halfway through and they glitch a little bit and the changeup gets them. But yeah, if the Cardinals can get the bats going and they've done this actually recently, just what two, two games ago. Well, the last game, I forget. There's so many games, but they it's like one out of every five games, the Cardinals bats come alive. And if they can do that in game one and, and get out to a lead on this team, yeah, they have KK on the mound, who has been nothing short of sensational this season. And hopefully he's got the ice in his veins to carry that through in the first game against Padres. This is the one that you have to win because it's still uncertain. And Jeff Passan has been reporting. And I think I saw another one basically say that it's still uncertain right now Clevenger, with Clevenger. unlikely to play yeah and then Lamette is also kind of up in the air right now of what they want to do with it 
Look, Paddock is a guy that you can hit, but he's also a guy that's a typical Cardinals killer, where you feel like it's a high ERA. This is a guy you should be blowing up out Cy there. Young again on the mound. But then he goes out there, and then there's no idea how the hell to hit this guy. He's hitters against Chris Paddock when he faces the Cardinals, and this only goes back two years, are three for 38. Ooh. Three for 38. Well, that's a oh. stat for you. I feel good about things now. Point Thanks, for 0.94 batting average. I don't like that. That's not a good number. Point zero nine four. Yeah. That's bad. That's not a good number, that's guys. That's worse than Matt Carpenter. And this is a... Re- True. <laughs> Holy it's, crap. It's under that Mendoza line, if you're curious about it's it. half. Henry Mendoza. Mendoza he was a hell of a player that's for the true. Mighty Ducks, too. That's, uh, that's not where I was going oh, with this. Oh, sorry. But okay. But look, it's a right-hander, as we talked about, with change-up off-speed pitches. Three for 38 makes me very concerned going into this, though, because he is a typical Cardinals pitcher. So, I have another question, too, is can the Cardinals change their hitting strategy? Like, this is the biggest <laughs> thing we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, specifically after we had Jim Edmonds on, and he talked about swing away, boys. Just give them the swing away sign. But it looks like they're reluctant to do that. It looks like an overall strategy from the Cardinals as their, their batting system. Can they just let it loose? Or are we going to see a lot of guys standing there staring at strikes and staring at changeups as they walk off with, you know, strikeout? You want me to give you the realistic version or what I hope is, is going to happen? Well, try both. I think both are the same. Aren't they? Realistically, <laughs> realistically I think we're going to watch them do what they've done all year. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen tonight. So what would you what like, I would to, like to see yes. happen? Go swing first pitch. Go, go be aggressive. Let's see what Paul DeYoung looks like when he's swinging first pitch. Let's see what Dylan Carlson looks like when he's He's aggressive at the plate. I know Matt Carpenter might end up just swinging and missing more often, but he's swinging and missing anyways. Let's see it first pitch as opposed to third pitch. You know, like, is it a, is it a approach that they would typically take? No, but this specific pitcher that they're going up against, it's one that can work. That being said, I did bring up the change-up issues that the Cardinals have had so far this year. Jamie, I looked up some numbers on this. Uh, I figured you would. Paul Goldschmidt, been great this year. Tremendous. Batting 225 against changeup so far this year. Harrison Bader, been good of late. Batting 116 against changeups this year. BKO'd. Dylan Carlson, batting 130 against changeups this year. Colton Wong, 111. Matt Carpenter, somehow even worse than the Cardinals as a whole against Chris Paddock, against the changeup, batting 074. Paul DeYoung is 059. Yadier Molina yet to have a hit against changeups. It's been bad. BKO. I think it was six of them. <laughs> That's basically the entire Cardinals lineup <laughs> has been awful against changeup. And there's only four starting pitchers in the National League that threw it at a higher percentage this year than Chris Paddock does. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. Be aggressive. When you get the fastball, hit the hell out of it. That's what I'm saying for tonight. Don't let him hurt you. Don't let him hurt you with that that changeup that he has. See, the problem, BK, and now that I've become a baseball expert, is a lot of the pitchers, what they do is they disguise their fastball with the changeup, uh-huh, right? Yeah. So same delivery, same release launch angle or release angle wherever the arm is. Uh, and, and so, therefore, you think it's the fastball and you dig those cleats in and you're about to pull that thing out of the bar and then all of a sudden it slows down on you. So here's the plus Not side fun. of it. 
two out of the three times that you guess, you're going to be right. Because he throws the, the change up about 30% of the time. So you're going to be right more often than not if you're guessing fastball. So you got to slow the swing down just a little bit. Be a no. little more patient in the batter's box. It, just uh, swing and miss against no, the change up. No, you don't. You'd be fouling off too many pitches that way. you got to wait a little longer. I know these things. I'm in on the meetings. Just be super aggressive. <laughs> Whatever it looks like, I need the Cardinals to be super aggressive tonight. It's going to be all about the pitching. Let's be honest, guys. We, we know whatever the approach is that the Cardinals are taking tonight, if they can scratch across four runs, I'm going to be happy. That That's all I ask for. Get four runs four? in this one. Four runs and you're happy? I'd say I'm ecstatic with four runs. I would say I'm happy with two. Two. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, choose a little up. I understand, but you have to you have to understand what you're asking of this team. Yeah, four is what four. you've seen in series. Like that's like some of the highest runs they've had. Right. Four. They, they could get four. <laughs> I, well, their record when they score six runs or more is great, right? It's, I mean, they've only scored six runs like twice. I was gonna say it's a very low number, but they're undefeated. They scored four more th- in three of their last five games. We got this. Four yeah, runs today. Four of those runs for guys who were hit by pitches well, or walked. And a, and a couple of those teams weren't real major league teams, were they? <laughs> Oh, that was according to BKO. If you watched any baseball last night, you saw that the story of the night was the pitching seven innings strong out of Garrett Cole. The Astros got just four out of Grinky, but then they bring in a starter as a reliever. He gives them five for the Astros. Luke Chialito had a no hitter, a perfect game through six innings. BKO'd. BKO'd second. Let's go back to this because this is so relevant. And Blake Snell struck out nine, allowed just three base runners and six innings against the <laughs> no, Blue Jays. It was all about the starters, and, all about the pitching last Shane night. Shane Bieber was terrible. Hey, 3.53 p.m. yesterday, we receive a little clip of the tweet from Jeff Passan. BK texts, perfect game alert. I text back at 3.55. BKO'd. At 3.56, <laughs> first hit of the ball game. <laughs> It was fine. It wasn't because of me. He was going to give up that hit either way. <laughs> With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Pedro Gomez is an ESPN Major League Baseball reporter. He's going to be part of the broadcast for Cardinals versus Padres. Pedro Gomez is going to be joining us coming up at 1130. Danny Mack at 1215. Mark DeYoung, or excuse me, Mark DeJean, former Cardinals coach, will join us coming up at one o'clock. Coming up next, the Cardinals for the first time in over a month had two days off. Who's that going to benefit the most in this lineup? We'll talk about it coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. I mean, you're talking about guys literally getting their feet back under them physically and mentally. So I think it's um, it's well-deserved, first of all, and um, I, I think it'll only provide benefit for sure. The Cardinals just had multiple days off for the first time in more than a month. They looked towards the end of that season like they were running out of fumes. So I wanted to ask both you, Jamie, and Alex Ferrario, which player, in your opinion, stands the most to gain with those two days off? Who do you think, because they were able to rest a little bit, they were able to get their legs back, as you just heard from Mike Schilt, who do you think could become an X factor in this series because now they are refreshed, they are ready to go compared to where they were a week ago? Jamie? Well, I I, th- I think and I hope that it's Paul DeYoung. Yep. I think that he looked really gassed down the stretch, and it just didn't seem like he was himself. Now, 
was that the the condensed season, the insanity that they they had to do or they had to play after the COVID episode? Was it due to maybe the after effects of COVID? I don't know. But I do know he looked tired and his bat looked tired and it was just not the best version of him. So for me, I think these couple of days off, uh, I'm hoping really benefited benefited Paul DeYoung because the Cardinals could desperately use that bat in the lineup. Yeah, I was trying to go back and look and see what his numbers look like after a day off. But unfortunately, I didn't see that because that's a stat that I guess a lot of people don't have. But I do. <laughs> I do. If you go back and look through. Somebody's got it. Text some, somebody, line, yeah, somebody has it at some point. But look, when you look at Paul DeYoung, I mean, throughout 162 game schedule, this guy has given you 25, close to 30 home runs. Um, and that's with not very many days off now. This has been a much more condensed schedule. And with the COVID, you wonder if that took a major hit to Paul DeYoung. So I am going to pick Paul, but I think a close second has to be Dylan Carlson. We saw the days off mental reset for Dylan when he was sent down to the satellite camp after his first stint up here. And it really didn't work out. But those days off helped him kind of mentally reset. I think the two days off for Dylan Carlson is going to be huge for this team, especially when that, you know, you got to know with athletes that adrenaline's pumping when you're getting into a postseason, especially when you're a rookie like Dylan Carlson. So Paul DeYoung's the obvious choice, but I think a dark horse has to be Dylan Carlson. I like it. Can I give you another one? No, please, please do. Don't. I hope there's three Wait, guys. Wait, hold on. Is this a BKO? No. Okay. I think you're going to like this one. Tread lightly on yeah. game day, please. How about Dexter Fowler? Dexter Fowler, the first time around, or before he had returned from his illness, was playing really well, really well for the Cardinals. He hasn't been that same guy since his return. Over the last two weeks, Dexter Fowler is batting 091 with zero extra base hits. Dexter Fowler looks like he's a little tired out there. So I know he's not returning from the same number of games in a row, but he did play basically every game down the stretch once he did return. And like I said, batting 091 since that return, Dexter Fowler might have been able to benefit, even if it's not physically and maybe it's more mentally being able to get himself right the way that Dylan Carlson needed a little bit of time to go down to the alternate spring training side to be able to kind of get his mental space right. I think this might be good for Dexter Fowler as well to be able to get himself right again, get himself back into the same groove that he was in prior to having to go on the injured list. I think Dexter Fowler might be a little bit more of an X factor going into this series than we expect. Well, look, guys, honestly, if we let's just isolate those three guys, if Dylan Carlson, who yeah, he looked energized from his second call up. Now, the two days off, I will say this. That really does benefit a young guy because now the coaching staff, the hitting coach, Mike Schilt, Adam Wainwright, whoever has information to offer. Dexter Fowler maybe pulls him aside and talks about playoff baseball. So now not only is he going to be amped up, but he's going to be informed as well. And I think he's going to be ready to go. So if we if he's tearing the cover off the ball and then you add Dexter Fowler, who goes back to the way he was, you know, for the first before his sickness that he had and then. Paul DeYoung, you know, he starts cracking the ball around a little bit. Guys, things change dramatically. I think you need three guys, three guys in the order to be consistent hitters for you in this series. You, you don't need the entire lineup just crushing the ball. You can win games in the playoffs with the pitching that the Cardinals have three to two, four to three. You can win that way. It's tougher. You'd rather put up 10, 12, 14 runs the way that the Yankees seemingly can at any given time. It becomes tougher to win this way, but you have the pitching to be able to do it. And so you really, Paul Goldschmidt has to be a consistent bat every time that he's coming up. 
and that's what he's been for you so far this year. You, you feel like you know what you're getting with him. And then you've got to add two more to that pile. And I think the most likely is Dylan Carlson and then find one more guy, whether it be Millsy or Guy Millsy coming through in a big spot. Maybe it is Dexter Fowler getting himself right mentally. Maybe Matt Carpenter can come through with one more big hit. I don't know who it's going to be, but you need to add one more bat that can give you a little bit of oomph, a little bit more power in the middle of that order in this series. Paul DeYoung's a great candidate for this, Jamie. If he can be the guy that I thought he was going to be coming into the season, doesn't have to do it for a long period of time and an extended stretch. You got to be able to do it for a week, two weeks here. If he can get that out of Paul DeYoung, I think that changes the complexion of this lineup as well. Yeah, I agree. And look, it now help me out here because are they playing every single day until the series is over? So three days in a row. Yep, is that Thursday, how it works? Friday. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. And, and then, then you get a day off, and then you're going into the division series. Okay, so that's what my next question was. And then no long, days off in the division series either. And then a day off after that. Mm-hmm. And obviously they want to sprint to the finish line so that COVID doesn't become an issue. Yep. All right, well, then, yeah, let's hope that these two days is what's worked because you're not going to get a whole heck of a lot after that. That one day off in the middle, that's going to be rest recovery. You're not really trying to do much in that day. and. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think that the three guys we talked about, Paul DeYoung, to me, is, is number one guy that I'd like to see turn around. But I do think Dylan Carlson, based on the fact that you know, this is a change-up pitcher, he's had some struggles with that, but he's also adapted a little bit, done a little bit better. I think he could be a big, big part of this. And and I know he's not in this cat because he has been their best player, but Paul Goldschmidt might benefit from these days off too. I mean, he had, what, a couple of days off this season? I mean, he was basically at first base almost every game for you. Um, for how great he was, give him a couple of days rest going into postseason. He could be a big, big-time player for you in this matchup. He also has plenty of experience out in the NL West. You know, he, he should be pretty aware of what it's like to play at that park. I would imagine that he has more experience there than any other player on the Cardinals team as a whole so I want to ask this of Pedro Gomez he's an ESPN reporter you'll hear him Cardinals versus Padres the broadcast on ESPN 2 coming up later this afternoon Pedro Gomez what who does he think is going to be the X factor for the Cardinals we'll ask him next on 101 ESPN we're back to the ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Very excited to be joined by Pedro Gomez. He's an ESPN reporter. You can hear Pedro on the Cardinals versus Padres broadcast coming up on ESPN 2. That will be broadcasted live at 4 o'clock. Pedro, we always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing out in beautiful San Diego today? I am doing well. Uh, much better than the Padres pitching staff right now. Uh that's not looking so good for them. And yeah. that really, really was a strength for them. Let's start with that, Pedro. I wanted to ask you about it because we get the news earlier today. It looks like Clevenger's not going to be able to go in this series. No real update yet, at least for us, on what the status is for Lamet. What are you hearing on that front? And how big of a blow is this to the Padres? Well, I'll take the latter, the latter first. It's a huge blow. Uh, the reason they went at the trade deadline and got Clevenger is because they felt we have a lot of really, really good pieces here. And if we add a guy that can be a game one starter in a postseason series, this, this was the belief inside the Padres front office that they felt we can go, we can go really far, far with this. If we add a guy that has postseason experience and is not afraid of the October bright lights. And that's what Mike Clevenger has shown in his days in Cleveland. 
to lose him is enormous. And look, Lamette is is a tremendous, tremendous young pitcher. But we all know that a lot of times the young pitcher needs the veteran to kind of lead. It's kind of like what we saw with the Cubs a few years ago when they got John Lester and all of a sudden the rest of that pitching staff fell in line because there was that big horse leading the way. Clevenger would have been that guy, and it is very unlikely that he is going to be able to pitch um, in, in, in the postseason at all. So huge blow. Lamette still unknown, but uh, he still has not thrown a bullpen. He threw 120 feet yesterday, flat ground. Jace Tingler, the Padres manager, said he did get after it, but not being able to get on the mound – You've got to you've got to really wonder if he's going to be able to go. Yeah, and Pedro, we do actually have breaking news right now from Jeff Passan, your colleague. Neither Mike Clevenger nor Danielson Lamette are on the Padres wildcard roster. Both have been placed on the taxi squad, so neither will be able to play against the Cardinals in this wildcard round. It looks like the Padres are going to go with Paddock in Game One, presumably Zach Davies in Game Two. Now that we do have this official news, and it's crazy that it happened with the timing like this. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What's your reaction to that news? Well, it, it certainly uh, is good news in terms of, you know, you hate good news to come like this, but it certainly bolsters the Cardinals' chances chances of, uh, of winning this series. Um, you know, you don't have your two best starters. That hurts. Uh, although, I will say this, you know, we saw the Astros yesterday. Zach Greinke is obviously their best best starter but he was not that effective had to be lifted after four innings and we saw the Astros advance so they do have playoff pedigree on the Astros roster this Padres roster while there are some players who have had postseason and World Series experience like an Eric Cosmer like a Manny Machado they don't have a lot of it their 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 players are for the most part going to be undergoing their first postseason experience in a few hours and sometimes it's tough to be able to do all of that without your two best starting pitchers. So uh, it, it's, it's a real blow to this Padres club. They have been resilient. They have been fun. They have been exciting. They have been together. So I think we're going to learn a lot about this Padres club in a few hours. Pedro, it's no secret the Cardinals have had ups and downs, struggles, however you want to word it, with their offense this season. And, you know, maybe a lot of that could be contributed to playing a massive amount of games in a short period of time after their battle with the COVID uh, crisis that they had. But as we head into this series, Paul Goldschmidt is truly the only guy that's been consistent throughout the season for the Cardinals. In your opinion, who else on the roster really has to step up here to add that other bat in the, in the rotation for them? Um, they, they just need two more guys to really step up. And, you know, they need it to be somewhere consistent with each other. If they can do that, it doesn't matter who. And, and we know that in playoff baseball, a lot of times it's somebody that you are not expecting to be the one who stands up. I mean, it could be Bader. It could be who knows who it could be. But they need somebody, Wong, anybody to step up and be able to do something. And, you know, they, look, they also have a huge advantage in the sense that there's not a single Padres hitter who has ever faced Kim. Um, and, you know, you're going from zero to 100 the very first time that you step in the batter's box. 
against a guy like this. And I don't mean 100 miles per hour. <laughs> I meant more, you know, in the car sense. In, in you know, you're just flooring it, and it's like, whoa! I've never seen this guy. His arm action, his arm slot, the way the ball moves, nothing, nothing. And video cannot truly give you that until you step in the box. So there, there's definitely some pluses, but you're right. The offense has struggled. I mean, they, they hit – it's amazing. We saw a stat yesterday when we were on our production call. Marcelo Zuna, I think, hit 18 home runs this year, and all Cardinal outfielders hit 22. Um, oh, that so, stings. We, we don't have to discuss that, oh, Pedro. That stings, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, don't, don't look over at New York where Luke Voigt's been good either. That, <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, they look, they, they're going to need some production. And this is, this is a bigger stadium. This is not a uh, home run happy park. Um, so, you know, you, it, it might play for the Cardinals in the sense that if they can get gap shots, as opposed to trying to muscle the ball over the wall, that could absolutely work in their favor because uh, this is not the type of ballpark that lends itself to a lot of home runs, although the Padres hit a lot. But, uh, you know, I will say this. Day games in California, the ball does fly a little bit better than it does at night when that marine layer comes in. So you might see some home runs, but uh, I don't think the Cardinals should be looking at we've got to muscle the ball. They need to play that 1980s Cardinals ball where they were, you know, running all over the place and just slapping balls into the gaps. We're talking to Pedro Gomez, ESPN reporter. He's on the call. He's on the broadcast for Cardinals versus Padres on ESPN two coming up at four o'clock. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well at Pedro Gomez ESPN. Pedro, you mentioned you were on your uh, your call yesterday for your production meeting. What do you find most interesting about this series? What's the thing that you're going to be looking for in particular as we go into game one tonight at four o'clock? I mean, what I just mentioned, the fact that not a single Padres hitter has ever faced Kim. I think that's going to be the most fascinating part. Jace Tingler yesterday, the manager, spoke about how this is going to be old school baseball where a guy faces him. He's walking back. Let's say he makes an out. He's walking back to the dugout. He's going to be telling the, the, whoever's on deck, look, his, uh, his two-seam fastball does this. His changeup does that. Uh, th- you know, this is going to truly be the way baseball was played before video became such a big part of the sport. And uh, that's, that, to me, is going to be fascinating to see how the Padres do against someone that, like I said, he's a rookie, but he's not a normal rookie. He's a 32-year-old rookie with a lot of professional experience in the KBO. He has played a lot of postseason games in the KBO, so there's no reason that Kim should be in awe of playing in a postseason series here because he's done it throughout his career. And again, I, to me, the most fascinating thing, like I said, is the fact that these Padre hitters are seeing him for the very first time in their lives. Yeah, he did. He's had an excellent season for sure. And to your point about, you know, not being in awe, just your perspective on this. How will having no fans be there affect both of these teams? They went through the regular season and I get it. And they did a fantastic job. But postseason baseball, I mean, it's all about some of the crowd noise that you can generate, some of the energy in the building and maybe not having that fan noise. Maybe that'll help guys like Kim not be intimidated or Dylan Carlson, who's a young guy, not you know feeling too many nerves at the plate. Do you think that that's going to play into it at all? Well, I think it certainly would help the Padres if the place was packed with 30, 40,000 people, you know, 38, 40,000 uh, who, you know, have not 
seen a postseason game here in 14 years. This place would normally be electric, and that is the type of atmosphere that could rattle some people. And, and you don't even know how the Padres players would react to it, but you'd think it would be much more of a positive for them. So, yeah, that, that's another thing that, that is probably hurting the Padres more than anything because these games, all three potentially, would be right here in front of their fans who, like I said, are starved for postseason baseball and cannot get inside the stadium. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of factors here working against the Padres. And if we've learned anything in professional sports, sometimes that can actually work in your favor because it makes everybody band together. So, hey, that there's a reason we play the games. It's to see who's going to win. You mentioned that there's a reason why we play the games. I was looking yesterday at some of the predictions. 54 of the 60 riders on ESPN, MLB.com, CBS took the Padres to win this series. And I do get it. I mean, if you look at the rosters and you look at how these teams certainly have hit this year, the Padres are the obvious choice of the two teams. I don't think there's as big of a gap, though, as 54 of 60 riders picking the Padres to beat the Cardinals. Where do you fall on this, Pedro? This will be our last question for you. Who do you do you view this as a big gap between the Padres and the Cardinals going into this series? Well, it's I did not know that number, but I'm in the group of six, by the way, because uh, they asked me for my prediction, and I did pick the Cardinals to win this series. Um, uh, and and I, I know, of course, it shouldn't be 54 to six. I think a lot of people get swept up into the excitement that the Padres did provide this year, and I know that a lot of the you know east of the Mississippi. Uh, didn't really get to see a lot of it because a lot of the games are so late out in, in you know in the Pacific time zone here, and they never varied from that time zone other than going to Colorado for a few games in the mountain time zone. So there's a lot of the games were late, late at night for the Eastern um, fans. They're, they're, look, the Padres are an exciting club. They they truly had a great record. They earned it. They did make those trade deadline moves, you know, one of them getting Trevor Rosenthal, who has been the old Trevor Rosenthal, by the way, um, the, the one that Cardinal fans remember from the start of his career. Uh, and and they, they, the reason they did these moves is because they felt, we're not going to wait. We're ready to win right now. But, you know, the injury thing is, is going to be, that's going to be hard to overcome for these fans, for these uh, players. Uh, I, I, I'm, a little surprised that it was 50-46, but of course, I think at that point, they probably thought Clevenger and, and Lamette were going to be able to pitch, because a lot of times, you have to turn in those predictions a few right. days ago, so... Uh but, but I, I'm in the group of six, by the way. <laughs> Pedro, you certainly made yourself a few fans here in St. Louis with that prediction. We look forward to hearing you on the broadcast tonight. Cardinals versus Padres, game number one on ESPN2 coming up at 4 o'clock. Pedro, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to hearing you on the call tonight. All right, guys. Take care. You got it. That's Pedro Gomez, ESPN reporter here on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals versus Padres series just took a big turn, a big turn in favor of the Cardinals. We will give you our reaction to the big news that both Clevenger and it sounds like Lamette as well are going to be out for the Padres in this series. And 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. If you've got some questions, we've got some answers. Questions and answers is next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Seven 
Vito is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers. If you missed the news, it looks like Clevenger and Lamette both out for the Padres. Neither of those two, the two starting pitchers that are the best starting pitchers for the Padres, are on their wild card roster. So, Cardinals getting a little bit, bit of a break here. Jamie, what's your re- reaction to the big news that the car, the Padres' top two starters going to be out for the wild card round? I always hold back on celebrating when things like this happen because so many times in sports we've seen teams respond to their own injury problems positively. If we look at some of the things in the past of teams, the Patriots next man up, you know, the Blues last year, nothing bothered them. And I just look at this and I go, you know what? It's almost it could be deemed as a rallying point for the Padres. And I don't want to, like, dive too much into where I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. The Cardinals, for sure, they've got this. And then, you know, we're discussing how effective Chris Paddock has been with the changeup. And all of a sudden, he goes out and and pitches a no-hitter today. And all of a sudden, well, it didn't really matter if they had Clevenger on the mound. So I think it, if I'm betting, if I had money, I would be more apt to push my money in on the side of betting the Cardinals for this series. And my heart is certainly on that side of the fence. But I'm still cautious if I'm Mike Schilt in having the guys celebrate too much or certainly monitoring the chatter about it in the clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Stephen Brault had a no-hitter against you. It doesn't matter who you take on. Now, I will say a little bit of an advantage for the Cardinals because the pitcher in Game 2 is supposedly Zach Davies, who longtime Milwaukee Brewers pitcher who the Cardinals have had success against in the past. So at least that makes you feel a little bit better going against that matchup. But again, look at the pitchers that the Cardinals have struggled against. A Steven Brault, a Corbin Burns on the Milwaukee Brewers side. I mean, guys come into series or matchups against the Cardinals with a four-plus ERA, and they go in and turn it into a two-plus ERA at the end of that game. Heck, we've had guys with eight and nine ERAs, yeah. and they go out and look like Cy Young. So, so. You know, we've talked about the lack of tape to where the, car, the, the hitting or the, the batters have the ability to go in and watch tape and go out there with the approach. So... Hopefully the familiarity will help, but I'm a little more concerned about this first game against Paddock because that's the one I think you really need to take advantage of. I agree with everything that you guys just said, but I would also add this. Those are two of the best pitchers that the Cardinals could have seen. And like, those are the two best pitchers the Cardinals would have seen in this series. And now you don't have to see them. That's a huge boost in the Cardinals odds. Like if I'm a Vegas odds maker right now, I'm terrified of the action that we've taken on the Cardinals because the Cardinals just became far more likely to win this series than they were beforehand. Now, does that mean that these pitchers for the Padres won't step up? Uh, No, like Jamie, you're right. It could be next man up mentality and they end up the offense now puts it on their shoulders and they have a little bit of an extra chip and suddenly Fernando Tatis Jr. just becomes even better in this series. That's entirely possible. But the task at hand just did from the outside looking in the players can't think this way, but I can because I don't have any control over this game. It just got a little easier for the Cardinals. They don't have to go up against a guy that is a Cy Young candidate in Lamette. They don't have to go up against a guy in Clevenger who is a really, really good pitcher while also being a bit of a knucklehead off of the field, as we learned this year. That helps them. That Let's get to the text line, though. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Guys, I think it is worth mentioning that the Cardinals are also down two good starting pitchers, so I don't want to hear any excuses from San Diego. We put our depth in pitching. They put their depth in offense. Now may the best team win. That comes from the 636. It's a good point. It's a great point. 
I agree. I mean, look, it, it, I'm just holding back being too excited about it because it is playoff baseball and the, some guys have playoff performances. And with this being a sprint, and I mean a sprint to two games, I hate to just sit here and go, oh, this is a given, right? Because like we just said, if we get a, a good game out of Paddock today and somehow he finds a way to get the win for the Padres, they one game left. Now, they're like in half a sprint at that point. It puts even more pressure to me on the Cardinals pitching because now you know that the, the opposing pitchers that you're going up against are not the same quality that they were previously. That may still mean that your, your offense is going to struggle to score four runs because this offense has struggled to score four runs no matter who the opposing pitcher is. But now, you know, as a pitcher going out there, we've got it. I'm the better pitcher on the mound today than whoever is taking the start against me, right? KK is going up on the mound today thinking that. Adam Wainwright will go up on the mound tomorrow, tomorrow knowing that. If necessary, Jake, Jack Flaherty will go into the game in game three knowing I'm the best pitcher in this game today. So the Cardinals have the pitching advantage in all three games. This is another scenario where I think it's so great to have KK going in game one. I really feel like this guy knows playoff baseball, KBO. We heard Pedro Gomez talk about it when we had him on. But I don't think he's going to get consumed by the moment. I don't think he's looking across going, I got Chris Paddock. You know, I'm going to run this guy's show today. I think he's just going to go out there and pitch his game. And so... I just feel like that's going to be an advantage for the Cardinals today. He, one, he's an excellent pitcher. Two, I don't think mentally he's going to be too involved with all the goings on and around. Uh, three, I, he doesn't really speak the language, so he's probably not getting a lot of it anyways. You know, I've been there. I've played overseas in different areas, and the stuff that the, the garbage that you'd hear in your own language, you don't necessarily pick that up. You know, if it's a foreign language, so he might just be able to cruise right through this. There was an article on the Athletic I was reading through today where basically a front office member a coach and a player all kind of picked the winners from each series and someone i believe it was a front office member picked the padres saying the cardinals are too old because of yadi and wayno and i don't know how that's going to help this team against a youthful padres team i see it the complete opposite Two guys. Yachty plays every game, but Wayno's get one start. It's not like they're two guys that have won World Series. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about that, but I mean, they, they've it's been a good this year. Like, they, they've been what? Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were listening. <laughs> they, they've, they've been good this year. So I, I don't understand how how them being old would apply in this situation, you know? It's Again, foolish. that was a front office member picked it. It's just strange. Is it a former front office <laughs> member? <laughs> 65780 <laughs> is the Air Comfort Service tax line. Last one here. This comes from the 618. Guys, if the Cardinals lose this series because of their offense while going up against the Padres number three and four starters don't you think that would make it even more likely that they would feel the urge to make multiple significant changes to the offense in the offseason Jamie uh on the surface absolutely but in reality I don't know I just don't know what the landscape's going to be we hear teams that are talking about you know not tendering guys who should be tendered because of financial reasons and I don't know what the heck lies ahead of us for the offseason when it comes to trades or signings or whatever. So, yeah, the obvious is, yeah, it means you should definitely go upgrade you know, your batting order. But does it mean it's automatically going to happen? No, I don't think it's automatically going to happen. I don't think anything's automatic for next season, regardless if you get shut out in two games and lose to the Padres in a clean sweep. Doesn't mean anything for what the financial situations look like next year. I... 
I continue to harp on this, but the Cardinals financial situations is one of the biggest storylines of the offseason. It's not about the offense and how it performs in these three games. It's not about what we saw in these six or 58 games for the Cardinals this year. As much as I would like it to be about that, it's not. And the Cardinals are going to make some decisions based on what the financials look like. That is the key to the offseason, not what happens in these three games, as frustrating as that may be for a fan. And I get it if that's frustrating for you to hear as a fan. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. The NFL has its first real test on its hands. And I think we might have some beef with the morning show, some real beef with the morning show. We'll talk about it coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. We're on Perfect Game Watch. (laughs) Perfect Game Watch. (laughs) Trevor Bauer right now through three. Zero hits. Zero walks allowed. Five strikeouts. He has allowed one base runner, but it was due to an error. Perfect game watch. The in more Atlanta he right says now. it, does it make it more of a BKO? Like, does it cancel itself out? I feel like we need a combination. There we go. Trevor oh, that Bauer. Was, that was three. Trevor Bauer, kiss your perfect yeah. game goodbye. Sorry, buddy. BK's <laughs> not going to allow that anymore. No chance. You've been BKO'd. It's, it's double, too, because I also picked the Reds to come out of the National League to go to the World Series. So I've got the Reds versus the Twins. It worked out really well for me last night with the Twins. Nothing went wrong in that game. I picked them to go to the World Series. Guys, me too. You guys, uh, you guys, maybe I didn't. No, I guys, didn't. I got them to go to end up against Tampa Bay. You guys both knew going into that series that they had lost 16 straight playoff games, it's right? It's fine. It's just the longest they have losing streak own... in postseason right now in any professional sport. It's fine. Don't they have their own Legion of Boom in Minnesota? What are no, they called? Earl that? Thomas has not been signed what, there. What is that called? They got a bunch of guys. The bomb squad? Sure. They've got a power hitting lineup. How do you not know that? Yikes. Josh Donaldson is not in the lineup. Yeah, the bringer though. of rain is a sitting at home. But how does BK not know that? He knows all because these little things. BKO himself. Jeez. So there is some news to pass along in the NFL from earlier today. The NFL has decided to push back the Titans game against the Steelers. This is the first real test for the league. They now had one more player test positive on the Titans. It's up to nine active cases on that team. Four players, five personnel members for the Titans organization. They were supposed to play against the Steelers on Sunday. That game has now been rescheduled, postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. Jamie, this is going to be a significant test for them because we saw it with baseball. Their first major test, they failed. They failed miserably with what happened with the Marlins, and they just kept doubling down on that failure. And then they struggled once again to get a handle of things whenever the Cardinals had their outbreak as well. They finally kind of started figuring it out afterwards. If we get a positive test, we got to shut things down for a couple of days and see if it has spread or how far it has spread among the players. And then once we stop getting those positive tests, that's when we can come back to the field. I think the NFL might be trying to do the same thing. They seem like they're handling this correctly. They shut down the Titans facilities. They are not allowed into the facility until at least Saturday. They are still going to try to play this game, though, on Monday or Tuesday. And I'm going to be really interested to see if they stick with that timeline. Imagine we hear so often about how, hey, man, that turnaround from Sunday to Thursday is rough. 
And now you might potentially have a team play on Tuesday and then they're going to turn around and play the following Sunday with both the Steelers and the Titans and the uncertainty of when you're going to play all week and game planning. That seems like a disaster potentially waiting to happen for the league. This is going to be interesting, to say the least, because to your point. The turnaround is the big thing in the NFL because of the wear and tear and how much recovery time they need from the game before. But if the NFL runs into these problems like Major League Baseball did, you can't play doubleheaders. You can't play 10 games in seven days. You can't do it. So bye weeks will be affected. And then those bye weeks don't match up with other teams' bye weeks. Then your whole schedule is affected. So I'm really curious or anxious to see how this gets handled um you know the nfl's gone to great lengths with these little bracelets or these monitors that they're making every player wear and they're trying to keep things you know as tight as they possibly can but the roster is what 80 plus players 90 players i don't even know it's 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 astronomical it's 53 on the active and 60 guys or 16 guys that okay. are on the practice squad so about 70 okay total. so a lot Right. So you're mm-hmm. you're monitoring a lot. And then the staff is probably at least 25 to 30. Deep. Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge. You've got 150 plus people in the in the traveling party. And that's what we're seeing here is we're seeing staff members affected as well as players. So I don't know how the NFL is going to pull this off. I was skeptical at the start. Then they went what three weeks. I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe they're going to be able to do this. Now we're having a game that's interrupted. And if there's more teams that are affected by this because the Titans played the Vikings. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And now we've got these issues and the Titans seems like the, the Vikings Steelers. are good. No, yeah. no positive tests from the Vikings so far. So as long as that continues, probably for one more day, they should be in the clear. You would think the biggest thing right now. And I know you said this a little bit, but I mean, this is this is everyone watching and it's not just the NFL. I mean, this is this is the NHL. And I know Gary Bettman spoke about this in his kind of um, press conference that he had before the cup final started talking about how everyone is watching what baseball is doing right now and what the NFL is doing, because if they can get through this and now more than ever, if the Titans can find a way to get through this without casual damage, you're talking about how leagues can start and get back to normal. But if this turns into a waterfall of, oh, well, this team's, you know, in big trouble now and other teams in big trouble now, that's going to really hurt the chances in more conversations, which is going to spread out how long it's going to take to see other leagues kind of get back going without bubbles. I think they should officially announce this game is going to be played on Tuesday. And here's yeah. why. I think you need to have a schedule. And Tuesday is probably the latest that you can oh, play this game. The Steelers I, have to be so pissed, though. They've got to be furious. Oh. And and you've got to – if I'm the league, I would imagine you look at this and you say to yourself, if, if we try to continue postponing this thing – you can't play Wednesday and have that team follow up with a Sunday game. You just can't do it. And so – Do if, you give a team two bye weeks then? Like, here's my thought is, do you give the Steelers a bye week and tell them they're going to play the Titans – like the week after the end of the season? I don't know, because there's. I, I would have to look at their schedules to see how things line up. But you, you want to get this game in. If you can't get it in by Tuesday, if at that point you're still having issues, just cancel it. Cancel it. And if it has any implications for the postseason, maybe then play you play the it at the end of the season. But for right now, you schedule it for Tuesday. Now the Steelers know exactly what their practice schedule should look like for the rest of the week. The Titans have <laughs> Saturday where they can get together potentially. And then Sunday, and then you, you figure it out to be ready for the game on Tuesday. 
And if you find out last minute that you cannot play the game on Tuesday, so be it. And that's when you reschedule things. But for right now, I would just try to have a plan in place because, you know, Jamie is a former athlete. These guys are so regimented. They know what their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday looks like of a game week when they're playing on Sunday. For that to be totally thrown into flux and now to not know when that game is going to be. To have a question of are we playing Monday or Tuesday and we are on Wednesday of the week before it completely throws into question what you should be doing at this point in the week. So the league, in my opinion, should say right now, here's when the game is going to be played. And if we can't play it, then we will make decisions later down the road. Yeah. So here are a couple things on on all this is, yes, I know what it's like to be in routine. However, the NFL, in my opinion, is probably the most regimented of any professional sports league because ordinarily they only play one game a week. And they get the odd Thursday after Sunday. Every team, they deal with things. But for the most part, they have a Monday through Saturday routine before the next Sunday comes. And this will affect that greatly. Uh, The NFL also, to, to that point, is trying to trying to mitigate this in a big way. And I read a, a piece on the Internet this morning that now they're considering removing draft picks from teams where coaches are seen without their mask on. And Vic Fangio, apparently he doesn't care at all because he went through another weekend and he has not, like not even a sight of a mask. And by the way, this what we're seeing right now with the Titans is why they have to wear their masks. Like, this doesn't have to be so difficult. We can just make this a lot easier if you would just follow the protocols. It, 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 by testing negative, we saw this here firsthand in St. Louis. It does not mean that you don't have the virus. It just means that it hasn't shown up on that test yet. At that exact moment, you have not tested positive for the virus. You can still spread it despite the fact that you have tested negative. And I think so many people within the league don't understand that yet because they haven't been affected by it. Once you get affected by it, and I think this is going to be something that spreads throughout. The Titans can now be the messenger just like the Cardinals were in baseball. Hey, you got to be super careful and you've got to be able to follow these protocols because then you can limit the damage you can have instead of it uh, breaking out into 18, 20 different players, people within your organization. Maybe it is contained to three or four people within your organization. That That's what these protocols are for. Look, we're learning stuff every day, every week. And as we progress here, heck, I even had a personal experience with my daughter who's off at college at, at the wonderful place in Mizzou. We know colleges are being crushed right now by COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tested negative on one day, three days later, had some symptoms, tested again, tested positive. So if you go off the fact that you think, well, I tested negative, everything's okay, maybe not, right? And look, we get the arguments all over the place of mask on, mask off, whatever. I don't care. If the protocol is masks, then mask up. What does it hurt? We've seen that they work. Just mask mask up. And to see these NFL coaches continuously, you know, breaking that, like Vic Fangio is going to be living in a trailer park somewhere because, you know, he, he can't afford to pay all his fines somewhere. Um, but also to BK, before I, I lose my thought here, they can eliminate the Pro Bowl game. Yeah. My God, that Pro Bowl game's a disaster anyways. Like I've, th- I've said for years, they should just take the best offensive guys and have them play like, you know how ESPN has like the flag football game. Mm-hmm. They should run a game like that. Have all the best players in the league play flag football. I enjoy watching the dodgeball tournament yeah. and some of the stuff that they have like in, in Pro Bowl week more than I enjoy watching the actual game. I don't remember the last time that I watched the actual Pro Bowl. It's right. a joke. Speaking of the NFL, I was listening to our morning show earlier today. And Jamie, we've got beef. 
We got beef with the morning show. They were talking about the Chiefs, and I think that they were taking a direct shot at me. And more specifically, Michelle Smallman was taking a direct shot at me, and I think it might have been a shot at Brad Barnes as well. Oh, boy. Let's take a listen to what Michelle Smallman had to say earlier today on Character and Smallman, which you can hear weekdays from 7 to 10 a.m. right here on 101 ESPN. How can you not like Patrick Mahomes? It's annoying to me because I find Chiefs fans to be insufferable now. What? They're one of the worst fan bases out there. That's a good point. They, they just are too gloaty for me. You know, listen, I, I know that we're Cardinals fans here, so yeah. it's the pot calling we're, the kettle. We're kind of insufferable, <laughs> you know, yeah. We're insufferable, too, so I feel like I can say that because I can acknowledge that we, too, <laughs> are that. So I can I can see us mirrored in Chiefs fans. But Chiefs Twitter has become annoying. Excuse me? That's a direct shot. Who, who are the Chiefs fans that she follows on Twitter and hears regularly talking about the Chiefs? It's me and Brad Barnes. She's literally <laughs> saying me and Brad Barnes have become insufferable and we are annoying. Okay, so while true, unfair to say on the radio, <laughs> just call me out. <laughs> so here's where I am, okay? Is, uh, I was ready to, to to jump in here and be the third man in, and I was like, "Take work." That Smallman You're my tag team. Smallman said, "What?" But it's awfully hard to fight someone when they're right. <laughs> it's true. I, I can't even argue it now. I can't even argue it now. Oh my god, insufferable! Like, oh my, our text. We can always tell when the Chiefs are playing right because our our group chat, yep. Ferrario, it's like a slot machine. Ba-ding, 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 ba-ding. We get videos of VK talking about how great they are when they're uh, on the field. Like, it's, it's just not fair. He's, he's breaking just, down offensive plays. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, man. Like, it's it's really insufferable. Okay, so the reason why One nothing I, morning show. The reason why <laughs> I know didn't work. that this was a direct shot at me and at Brad Barnes is because it wasn't the first time we've heard the morning show call us out, Jamie. They also, if you remember, there was a moment a few, I think this was a couple of months ago now, early on in their tenure as the morning show, where they took a direct shot at me. They they liked oh. you and Ferrario, <laughs> but they took another like, direct shot like at me. You're like an elephant. You never forget, BK. So I saw an article a couple days ago about a man in Idaho set the world record for keeping three balloons in the air for over an hour. Take it or leave it. One of the 101 ESPN personalities could beat that record. Alex Ferrario, maybe... BK, no. I mean, the disrespect. Maybe. I I think Jamie probably has that level of focus and athleticism. God. Jamie probably (laughs) has that level of focus and athleticism. I uh, I don't know about you. I feel okay about this. It felt good, didn't it? I started to like the morning show. I was going to say, I'm happy (laughs) thinking about switching gears here. Hold on. You have room for a third seat on that one, Ryder? (laughs) I thought we were teammates. We are, but. What do you like? It's like a lawyer trying to represent somebody you know is guilty. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're you, not you wrong. represent them. Yeah, but I'm not paid enough like that. I mean, you're not. They're not wrong. Did the check not clear last month? It I don't did, understand. Unfortunately, it is what it is, though. That check is not what it so used I'm to be. I'm insufferable. I don't have focus, and I'm unathletic. That's what? that's what, and annoying. I forgot the annoying part. Okay, well, I will agree with that part. But now, what I won't agree with is that you're not athletic. Okay, but let's he's probably pump. more athletic. Well, you were an athlete. He's more athletic than I am. Let's pump his tires a little bit here. My man had a 10k race last weekend yeah, and I'm finished athletic. second. <laughs> There we go. So I believe that you're athletic. I do think that that was a direct shot uh, to you. The fact that they isolated you, I mean, you know what though, ribs, <laughs> as Ricky Bobby says, you're last. Oh, that's a good point. Wow. So finishing second wasn't good enough. No, I mean, you got, not, uh, you got on the podium. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you had silver. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it. 
Hello. I mean, I might not be able to hold a balloon up for two hours like the morning show says. Three balloons. Three. Two. Three. Two. I mean, anybody can do that. Come no, on now. <laughs> I'm not sure that they think. Did you hear the dismissiveness yeah, in his voice? Let's, I want to hear it again. Alex Ferrario, maybe. Uh, that's not great. BK, no. Yeah, that was quick. <laughs> that was quick. I just don't understand. I'll take understand. the maybe. I'll take the maybe. Yeah. It's 1217. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You know who is not obnoxious or annoying is Danny Mack. He's a Cardinals broadcaster. He's going to join us to preview this Cardinals versus Padre series coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. I have some unfortunate news to announce. <laughs> Hit it. Perfect game's been gone. <laughs> BKO! Okay, wait, 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 pause. The no-hitter. <laughs> also gone. Gone! Trevor Bauer, three and two-thirds. He's now through four. <laughs> Scoreless. Still got a great game going. No earned runs yeah. allowed. There goes the great That's game. That's going to continue. He's going to finish this bad boy with a complete game shutout. No questions asked. <laughs> 60 pitches through four. He's perfectly fine. Seven strikeouts. But I have a problem. I have a problem with the official scorekeeper down in Atlanta. <laughs> that was an error. It's a terrible defensive play behind him by the Reds. And I think it should have been ruled an error. He should still have a no-hitter well, going. They might change it. They've done that before, mm. right? No, they haven't. It, they have, no. and it will happen again. Has happened before, will happen again. You know what else What has happened before and will happen again? We are going to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend and Cardinals broadcaster, Danny Mack, host of Scoops with Danny Mack weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Dan, always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I am doing great. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing fantastic. We're just watching a bunch of baseball. We've got two games going on right in front of us right now. I got to say, Dan, I was unsure about this whole playoff thing with the eight teams in each league getting in. This is great. I love this. We could go ahead and get this started at 11 o'clock every day. Remember that, Danny Mack? He was complaining in the crossover. All of one hour, and you've changed your mind. You talk about hot take radio. My man is right there. Hey, listen, somebody's got to bring it. You know, I, I I can't be any Michelle Smallman who just calls out her coworkers on the radio. But, you know, I, I, I do what Whoa. I can here. Hey, Whoa. Dan, we just talked about this earlier. Uh, she called me out for being, uh, I believe she said, obnoxious and insufferable. insufferable. Yeah, well, not yeah. just in general, but as a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my name might not have been mentioned, but I think it was directed at me. Well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, the big news earlier today, it looks like Lamette and Clevenger are both going to be out for this series against the Cardinals, the two best uh, DK, pitchers. You know I love you, baby. Oh, I, I know, man. This is okay. It's all in good fun. It's all in okay. good fun. Okay. Uh, Lamette, Clevenger, both out for this series for the Padres. What would you make of the news earlier today? How much does this impact the series, in your opinion? Oh, man, it's huge. Uh, you know, especially Clevenger. I, I've had the chance to watch Clevenger up close uh, and, and Lamette, but I mean, especially Clevenger, he, he's a difference maker. Uh, both guys are. So to get both those guys out and then Paddock going in game one, um, it's a difference maker. Now, Paddock, don't overlook him, throws a lot of change ups. I think the Cardinals offensively can be susceptible to that, as we've seen. Um, they're, they're a club that gets, you know, can be <clears throat> baffled with change ups and off speed pitches. So it's not like, okay, the series is over. I mean, that that's not it at all. 
but it's a big, big loss for the Padres. Don't don't think it's not. But um, the Cardinals will have their work cut out with them with Paddock, who was their opening day starter, and as of seven to ten days ago, was a guy that you know people are saying, well, you got. You got Lament, you got Clevenger. Where does Paddock fit in? Well, now he's your game one starter, but it's it's a it's a kick in the gut if you're a Padre fan. There's no question about it. Danny Mac, he's look, he throws what the change up 31 percent of the time. Yeah, about 35 percent of the time, I think. Yeah, you know the Cardinals lineup; they're batting better than anybody, or as good as anybody. In the Cardinals' current batting order, which guy can benefit from a change up pitcher the most? Well, I'll start with the guy that I think, when I think change up, I think is susceptible to it. So let me start with that. I know you're asking me the most, but let me. No, let give me, me more. I like it, Danny. The guy that I think is susceptible to a change up is Tommy Edmond. Um, I, I could be wrong about that, and I, I hope I'm wrong about it, but he is susceptible to a change up. A lot of times he's out in front, a lot of times he gets fooled by that. Now, he's also a guy that second time through a lineup. And second time facing a guy is really good at making adjustments. So I'm very curious to see the adjustment he makes in this game if Paddock is still in there. The guy that I could see doing, and I think Dylan Carlson would be the other one, haven't had a large sample size enough watching him. Um, that, you know, is he susceptible to it? But just a young guy dealing with off speed pitches, that would be of concern for me. The guy that I think could do damage with it in this is an obvious choice, and you're going to go, oh, really go out on a limb on this one, Dan, is Goldschmidt. Um, just Paul is just really good at, at giving what the pitcher gives him. I thought he was tremendous in this year where teams were clearly not giving him a lot to hit of just taking the ball the other way, using the entire field, and, and essentially knowing that he's getting pitched around and taking what they gave him. That's why his on-base percentage was so high, took a ton of walks. Um, but if he gets a pitch to hit, he can smoke it. So I'm going to go with Goldschmidt as my, my pick to, to kind of have success along with DeYoung. And the guys I think could be susceptible to the changeup would be Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. We're talking to Danny Mack here on 101 ESPN. Dan, I wanted to ask you about Dexter Fowler because before he went on the injured list, he was having a really good season for the Cardinals, an 832 OPS at that point in time. That's down to 706 now because he's really struggled since his return batting 091 in this stretch he has four walks which is nice but has also struck out eight times what have you seen from deck since his return and do you think that maybe the couple of days off could help him as well kind of like what we saw with dylan carlson to at least get his mind right in the back in the right place again i think he's the one guy that needed to play um i think he was rusty i, I think he needed to see live pitching because you can take all the BP you wanted, and I know he was taking a lot of BP, a lot of it, uh, but he was the one guy that needed to see live pitching. So if there was anybody that needed to play, I think he was the one guy that needed it. Now, when he first came back, I was uh, shocked at his at-bats initially when he came back. He was stinging the baseball, to his credit, uh, to come back without a rehab assignment and without seeing live pitching, and to be able to take the walks is a good thing. That means you're recognizing some of the pitches. You're seeing the spin. Um, you're laying off pitches that are on the border. Uh, that That's impressive to me. He'll give you that competitive at bat, but I just think that he needed to see live pitching. And 
um, that is tough to do at this level this late in the season to come back and not have a, a rehab assignment at an alternate site, and they just didn't have time to do it. You know, they, they're running out of time. They're looking for offense. He's going to give you a veteran at bat. So it's, it's, he's in a tough spot, you know, only about a week, a week's worth of games, and then you get a couple of days off. I just think it's tough for him to come back. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Danny, I asked this question to Derek Gould yesterday. Just It was in reference to game one. But overall, throughout this series, hopefully it's two games in the Cardinals' favor. But who do you see spending the most time at third base, and who do you see spending the most time at DH for the Cardinals throughout this series? Boy, it's a good question. I, I think Tommy Edmond would see the most time at third base because <clears throat> I think the club is beneficial, <clears throat> benefits the most from run prevention. And it's a spacious outfield at Petco. So I'm going to put my best defensive outfield out there. And your best defensive third baseman is Tommy Edmond. But you can't overlook how big the National League West ballpark is. I have not seen a Cardinal lineup. I don't know if you guys have. Mm-mm. And, again, I could be wrong about this. But uh, the way that Brad Miller went down the stretch, I, I'd have to look at Carpenter being my DH. I'd put Tommy Edmond at third. My my best foot forward at the Cardinals for 2020 is run prevention. KK gets a lot of ground balls. I'm looking at and, – and you look at if he gets a fly ball – Run prevention is where I'm going. If I'm going to win, the Cardinals, it's about run prevention. So I'm putting my best defensive outfield out there, and Tommy Edmond is my best defensive third baseman, and that would be the direction I'd go. Who's batting cleanup for you tonight, Dan? I'm going Dylan Carlson, even though I just talked about him being susceptible to change-ups, but I'm seeing better from him. Um, <clears throat> I'm riding the, the lineup that got me here in the final week and the final handful of games, and I'm riding that, that young man – Uh, behind Goldschmidt. I'm going Dylan Carlson. We're talking to Danny Mack here on 101 ESPN. Last thing I've got for you, Dan, given what we just saw with the news earlier today, the the top two pitchers for the Padres out for this series. Are you picking the Cardinals to win this one? I'm going to sound like a homer, but I am. I, I, I love their pitching. Um, I love their pitching going into this series. I, I looked at this series being more competitive than I know what the national perspective is of the Cardinals I think you cannot overlook the two days off I also think a change of scenery is good and I mean this sincerely I think it's good you're not playing Chicago I don't I don't think they want to be staying in that hotel I don't want to be staying at the the Fister in Milwaukee I just get out I think just change of scenery two days off refresh the batteries and the pitching that they have um, and I also think, and, and we'll see if any of these things are right when we, we talk uh, on our crossover at the end of the week or next week, but Giovanni Gallegos is a weapon to me. The way that he was used Sunday and enabling the, the, the bullpen to have multiple innings with Gallegos, uh, you look at Reyes, you look at Genesis Cabrera giving you multiple innings, and there are other weapons out there too. Um, I just think they can shorten games better than most, and I like their pitching, and pitching is always going to win over other offenses, and if they can stop Manny Machado. I know a lot of the, the flair and the flash and the, the fun is with Tatis, and, and rightfully so. He's a wonderful player. He's probably the most exciting player in the game but it, with Mike Trout and, and some others, but Machado is swinging the bat so well, you can't let him beat you. So to answer your question, BK, I like the Cardinals pitching with the other two guys out. Uh, I think you got to look at, at what the Cardinals bring. And if KK can be KK and you steal a game one, um, they've got a very good shot to win this series. It's St. Louis versus the world, Dan. 
That's that's what we're that's what we're looking at here. Fifty four of the sixty riders nationally picking the Padres to win this one. It seems like everybody locally here is picking the St. Louis Cardinals. Excited I, to watch it. Go ahead. I would say this, OBK. If you ask those riders now, without Clevenger and Lamette, what they thought. I wonder what those votes would be. I bet you it's almost 50-50, if, if not That's actually 50-50. Yeah, probably 50-50. Dan, excited to watch it, excited to react to it with you tomorrow during the crossover. We always enjoy our time with you. Enjoy the night, my friend. I love the research you guys do. Best questions I get on the radio. Love it. <laughs> it's Danny Mack joining us here on 101 ESPN. You're the best, my friend. Always appreciate it. See you guys. You got it. That's Dan McLaughlin joining us here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next... Do you like this format? Do you, do you like this expanded postseason? We'll talk about that, plus the Padres. The Cardinals haven't announced their lineup yet, but the Padres sure have. We'll go ahead and tell you who's in it coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. The Padres have officially announced their lineup for tonight. There are no real surprises here, but we will give it to you nonetheless. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be leading off for them playing shortstop. Manny Machado, who I've got a quote from Miles Michaelis about that we'll play for you here momentarily, going to be batting second, playing third. Eric Hosmer, the lefty, is going to be playing first, batting third. Will Myers is in right field tonight. He is batting cleanup. Tommy Pham playing DH for the Padres tonight. Fantastic. He will be batting fifth for them. Uh, Cronaworth is going to be playing second. The lefty. He is going to be batting sixth for them. Nola is batting seventh. Profar is eighth. And Grisham is batting ninth with Paddock on the mound for them tonight. Did want to pass along. Just saw this on Twitter. This comes from MLB Network Radio. They had Miles Michaelis on talking about what he would do because all of the talk has been about Fernando Tatis Jr. He's one of the most exciting young players in baseball. Manny Machado was actually the Padres' best hitter this year. So, Miles Michaelis, you're not going to be on the playoff roster. If you were, though, how would you pitch to Manny Machado? Who do you pitch carefully to, Machado or Tatis? Pick your poison. I'm pitching to Machado because if he rolls over on it, he's dogging it to first and that's an easy out. Tatis pretty quick. <laughs> it's a 5-4-3, you know, yeah. I've watched that happen a couple of different times where teams pitched around Tatis to get to Machado, even though I think Machado ended up with better numbers across the board. You got to be careful with Tatis on the bases, though. He could easily be on first and then swipe second, and then Machado rolls one, rolls one through the hole or hits one off the wall, and Tatis scores easily from first on a double or from yeah. second on a on a ground out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that first quote there is what I was looking for. I'm pitching to Machado because if he rolls over on it, he's dogging it to first, and that's an easy out. Some shots fired by Miles Michaelis for a guy that's not going to be playing in this series. I don't know. Is he wrong? Not he's necessarily, not but you, Jamie, if you had a teammate <laughs> who called somebody out publicly in the media before a playoff series when he wasn't playing in the series, would you love that? No, I'd be ordering a glass of shut the heck up in a hurry for Miles Michaelis. Yeah, and, and listen, Michaelis is a, is a really good player. I think he's pretty well liked by his teammates, so I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. Was. But, huh. uh, M- Machado's the type of guy that is a pretty emotional player, and not that he needed added extra motivation going into a playoff series. You should be internally motivated for something like this. I can't imagine that the rest of the Cardinals teammates are going to love the fact that 
Miles Michaelis came out and said this. Like, this is going to be headline. Uh, it, it's going to be posted up in the Padres locker room later today. Mm-hmm. Th- this picture with Miles Michaelis saying this will be posted in their locker room. Where was later. that audio from? MLB Network Radio okay, on Sirius so XM. Most teams, and I don't know about baseball and their protocol, but most teams don't have the injured guys talking to the media. And the number one reason is because they're not able to affect the series in any way. And so it's kind of odd for me that they would pull up Miles Michaelis and want to interview him and talk about the series since he's not going to be in it. But to your point, yeah, look, the number one rule, I remember being like 15 years old playing junior hockey, and it's always like, don't give the other team, you know, the bulletin board material. Mm -hmm. Don't give them anything. Talk about how great they are. Talk about how well managed or coached they are. Just pump up their tires so that they feel nice and happy about themselves. Meanwhile, we'll create a chip on our shoulder and get through this. But it's an odd way to go about it. It's an odd guy to pick on, especially since he he is, I think, the best hitter for the Padres, numbers-wise. Uh, but, you know, the flip side of that, I'm hoping, is that now Machado is overthinking it in the batter's box and coming at it too aggressively, maybe swinging at some bad pitches. Maybe he does roll one down to first base the first time, and now he's in his own head. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 618. Uh, somebody says it was a reference to the whole thing about Machado from a few years ago when he walked halfway to first and then stopped in the playoffs. I, I get what it was in reference to. I just think it was an unnecessary thing to say publicly the day of the first game of this postseason series. It just it just seems like an unforced error that was completely unnecessary, Ooh, especially I like from, what you did there, especially from a guy who is not going to be participating in the series. Like if Miles Michaelis was going to be able to go out there tonight in game one and he was going to be the guy that's on the mound and he says something like this okay you can back it up now right that's theater then that's on you and i like it like that's what trevor bauer that's something that i enjoy about him is he'll he'll talk the talk but then he walks the walk he was potentially the nl cy young award winner this year so he backed up what he said publicly that's the thing that miles michaelis literally is not capable of doing right now because he is injured well, what if the pitchers can back it up though what if this is just the common occurrence with manny machado and what if his teammates do how many times has he done that we just see somebody reference it one time. Now, I don't know if he walks down first base on a regular base or gives up on the play, like, as a out-of-habit thing, you know? But I, I, I agree. Like, I think you're just adding gasoline to a fire, but I do think these can go two different ways. I think if it's an emotional player, you can get this player a little too emotional going into a series, and maybe you out or you underperform what you're supposed to because of the emotions. Yeah, I, I people Let's are thinking hope. that I'm taking this more seriously than I really am. Like I it is what it is. It, it's not going to matter a ton. I just think it's silly. Like it, it's just an unforced well, error. You did want to lead off the show with this today. I mean, I'm just <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be our lead and I held it off until 1245. Uh, last thing here, I did I did tease before the break. Do you like this playoff format? I love, first of all, the fact that we've got baseball on all day and like an NCAA tournament style of television presentation. This is great. I love this part of it. I don't love one thing in particular. I don't love the fact that the top team in each league doesn't get some sort of benefit for being the top team in the league for the year. I I don't like that you can have a three-game series where you win 110 games in a season and suddenly you have to win a three-game series against who was the eighth seed to be able to have the right to play in the NLDS. I don't love that. If I were projecting moving forward of what I would maybe like to see, maybe you have seven teams that make the playoffs and that top seed from each each league 
gets a bye in the first round, and then they go straight into the NLDS, and they play the lowest remaining team in that NLDS or ALDS. That's probably the way that I would go about it if you do want to expand to be able to get this extra TV money, but that that's kind of where I am right now. I do like it from the presentation, but I do think there would be some, some things that you'd have to figure out. Yeah, I agree. I think there has to be some motivation tied to the regular season. And in any sport, heck, how much did we piss and moan about the Blues being first in the Western Conference with then having to get into the round robin and ended up being, what, fourth or third, whatever, for the playoff seating. But going back to your original point about the baseball, it's 162 games. Major League Baseball is trying as hard as possible to motivate their teams to play hard for 162 games. Where is the motivation if you have a 738 winning percentage like the the Dodgers did or 740, whatever the heck it was, a lot, and you're still being thrown into a two out of three in the first round? It doesn't make any sense. So I'm with you. I like I like the uh, the ext- or the added teams to the playoffs. I do feel like. You know, maybe the, the, the team in each division or conference, whatever it is, the, the, each league, American League, National League, maybe the first place teams do get a bye and that helps out that way. But I love the added teams. I like the added teams. I also think the unintended consequences would be something to pay attention to. I mentioned this with Dan earlier today. Very skeptical. I, I, I'm always skeptical of how, how much ownership is going to push the envelope when the, the requirements to reach the postseason are lower. So here in St. Louis, for example, what is the motivation this offseason to go out and add two bats or one big bat? If you can still get into the postseason next year by winning 82 games, this current roster can win 82 games next year. Now, they might not be a championship contender, but they can win 82 games and get you into the playoffs. But that as a as a fan, it it doesn't have the same urgency to be able to make sure that they're good enough to get into the top five in the National League. So I do think it changes some of that as well. Pick your poison, right? This is the way I look at it. I think the argument holds water on both sides of this one because of what you said if it makes it easier to make the playoffs, then what's the inspiration for the teams to go out and upgrade every year? If you're just so you just get in, oh well, everybody gets in type mentality, or you flip the flip that over and, like Danny Max said, some teams are out early in this thing, and if you have a just a ray of hope to maybe make the postseason, and you are a lower tier team, maybe you get a team that's spending a little less money that are budget friendly, and all of a sudden they get in a couple of times, it does make it more exciting overall and probably promotes a little more competitive baseball, even if it's not the top teams, even if it's the middle tier teams, a little more competitive between them to at least get in. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. Somebody tells me that this is my dumbest idea yet. That's a really high bar to clear. But there was a clip (laughs) that I have from television last night that I think explains exactly what I just did. We'll dive into it in the junk drawer coming up next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We officially have a roster for the Cardinals postseason, at least for this wild card round. Cody Whitley makes it. Johan Oviedo makes it. Daniel Ponce de Leon makes it. Andrew Kisner makes the oh, Cardinals wild card roster. Watch out, Wheaties. Three notable names that did not make the Cardinals postseason roster for the time being. John Gantz. 
Seth Elledge and Jake Woodford all did not make the wild card roster for the Cardinals. So that is your update for now. Everybody else is as expected. Whitley, Oviedo, Ponce, Kisner make it. Gant, Elledge, Woodford do not. That is where the Cardinals so stand BK, today. So BK, what does that tell us? And you're Austin usually Dean's this guy. You dive series. into like right away. You're yeah. the hamsters in its wheel. So what does that tell us? Well, Gant's clearly hurt. There you go. Um, Gant's hurt more than we probably thought at the time. Otherwise, he's clearly making this roster because he's he's one of their best pitchers. You trust him in a big spot. He would have made the roster otherwise. The fact that he didn't shows me that he's hurt. Elledge is a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure who you would take off in favor of him. Maybe Johan Oviedo. Um, because I think that you could use more of a high leverage reliever than another long reliever in this series. But that's probably the only one that really surprises me is Oviedo over Elledge in this wild card round. I'll tell I like you, the big boy in there. I'll tell you what surprises me. 13 pitchers, 15 position players. I think the fact that it's the three game series plays into that. I yeah, think for the DS, you'll see more pitchers added to the roster. Yeah, but for how the approach has been so far, what we've seen of pitchers only going three or four innings, then you're going into your bullpen already. Yeah, but I think you're counting on KK and Wayno to give you innings. Same for Flaherty. I, yeah. I think it's going to be different Certainly than what you KK typically expect. Certainly KK and Wayno. Flaherty, I'm still... Yes, he's a he's an amazing pitcher. But right now, Wayno and KK have been giving more innings. Three three games in three days is is what potentially changes that because the bullpenning it's not going to be the same as it is in most years. Yeah. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's dive into the junk drawer. So last night there was a big event that was on television. I don't want to get into that. This is an apolitical show. However, oh, what? one of the best comments that I have ever heard on television took place right afterwards. This is Jake Tapper describing. Oh what I can only imagine was one of my takes here on this radio show. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Is that yeah. describing what we saw last night, Jamie, or what I typically sound like on our show every day? I'm pretty sure it's the latter. I think it, it checks both boxes, you know. Um, no, yeah, I mean, Jake Tab, all of the networks, heck, I, no matter what your preferred choice is, yeah, of news, media, they all were saying the same thing. You pull up any social media on Facebook specifically because I feel like Facebook's more pri- personal, right? Everybody on both sides of the fence were like, wow, what did we just watch there? That was nothing compared to the the, uh, the lady on CNN who called it an ish show. Yeah, I've, I'm at the point now where I put a call into Dana White and I was just like, <laughs> let's Joe Rogan. <laughs> I just get him in the cage, man. Think of the pay-per-views to have these two in the cage. Let's just get it over with. No mediator. We'll get Big John McCarthy in there to referee it. I don't know. I think it might be might be fun. A little bit of news to pass along. This comes from Jeff Passan. Disappointing news for the Milwaukee Brewers. Already a tough task ahead to try to beat the Dodgers in the wild card round. And now the rookie right-hander from St. Louis, Devin Williams, Ooh. one of the best relievers in baseball, has been left off of the roster in their wild card series. He's reportedly dealing with an arm issue. Again, that coming from Jeff Passan, the St. Louis native Devin Williams, and the really talented rookie right-hander uh, for the Brewers Yikes. has been left off off of their wild card roster. That's going to sting. Um, you guys, you 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 get the Red Lobster ever? Yeah. Kara, okay. my fiance, used to work at the Red Lobster. I did too. Okay. He used to serve tables. All right. So I enjoy Red Lobster and obviously. Cheddar biscuits. Mm. Yes. Those are the best. <laughs> yes. But in the name, Red Lobster, mm-hmm. right? So when you go there, you're going to order seafood. And if you order a lobster, you think you'd like it to be red. 
Well, in, in Akron, Ohio, Ohio, oh, oh. You need, what, what happened there? No, what uh, just happened there? I don't, not sure. It's probably because I'm staring at what I'm staring at right now, which is uh, somebody unpacked the cooler. They get their seafood brought in, and the red lobster had a blue lobster among it. And apparently these are very, very rare. And to dive into it a little more, it says they have a genetic problem that causes their bodies to make too much of a specific protein, and it turns their shells blue. So now Red Lobster, the owner at that place, decided, well, what we're going to do is we're going to keep this guy, and we're going to put him in the tank and put him on display for people to see. Sure. Okay. If you're in there and you're looking at the blue lobster in the tank, are you saying, I want that one? And if you're the red lobster who now has a blue lobster, <laughs> are you upselling it saying, yeah, he's special? Am I the red lobster in the I tank thought, or yeah, the restaurant? You no, about, if you're like, red lobster, I'm the business. set as one of the yeah, other red lobsters. You know me, my business mind goes, right? I'm sitting there going, okay, so I own this place. I got a blue lobster. Probably not exactly yeah, Normally ideal. they're selling for 45. This one's yeah. going to be 60. This is 60. Yeah. Why? Look at him. He's blue. He is special. I always thought when you found the blue lobster, you get a private tour of the Wonka factory. Well, you could. It's an option. You know what that is? Yes. No? Okay. So you guys, if you're sitting there, would you be intrigued to order the blue lobster? And on the flip side, if you're the guy running the red lobster restaurant, are you kind of sitting there going, mm, maybe I should mark this bad boy up instead I'm, of just putting him on display? I'm not that adventurous in terms of like wanting to try the blue lobster. I'm good. I'll just yeah, take one of the reds. Now we- I'm not that adventurous in terms of like wanting to try the blue lobster. I'm good. I'll just yeah. take one of the reds. Now he's not adventurous. Every other time we bring up food, he's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> but if I'm the owner, of course, why not? Why not try to upsell it? Okay. What's the worst thing that Tin can happen? Foil? Oh, yeah, I'm upselling that bad boy. Are you kidding? Are you ordering it? Hell no. What are you talking about? Why, why am I going to pay more for a blue lobster? I'm already off here. What happened? Yeah, I'm already you can't dr- take, take the shell home with you. <laughs> I'm already dropping 70 plus on the red lobster. I don't need another <laughs> 70 plus on the blue lobster. So what, what happened here? That's it. That's it. It's in a tank. That's it. No, it's not a take. They actually they they decided as a restaurant to just put him on display, and he'll stay in the tank, and they like feed him. So all the other lobsters are rolling around with their claws like elastic. He's free going, man. He is like clipping everybody. He is the big dog in the yard. Big Blue is running that tank. Lobster. Do you think this is like Finding Nemo, where they're like trying to find a way out at all times? This guy's just talking to the other guys, like I gotta get out of here. He's running that. I dropped one of those once at the restaurant when you pull them out and people order them you're supposed to like take them in the back yeah dropped it on the floor you know they say about blue lobsters right blue balls I don't think that's true. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. Mark DeJean coached with the Cardinals for about 25 years. He has plenty of experience with all of these guys on the big league roster. I want to hear about his experience with Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, two all-time greats here in St. Louis. I hope they're not playing their final series here in St. Louis, but it is possible that they're playing their final series here in St. Louis. We're going to talk about their legacy and what they've done in their careers. Mark DeJean coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. If you missed it, the Cardinals have announced their wild card roster. Kisner, Austin Dean, Oviedo, Ponce de Leon, and Whitley all on. Elledge, Woodford, Gant, Lane Thomas left off of the wild card roster. Also, this coming from Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Carlos Martinez has returned home to the Dominican Republic. He is out for the rest of the 2020 season. The Cardinals have closed their workout practices at Bush Stadium. So 
He had no reason to still be here. Uh, Derek Gould adding that Martinez has an oblique strain that made him questionable for the playoffs, but that question has now been answered. He has officially left the bubble. The Cardinals are only traveling with the players that they are considering for the postseason. Carlos Martinez, of course, not among them. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Been looking forward to this all week. Mark DeJean has been with the Cardinals or was with the Cardinals as a coach for 25-plus years. He joins us now here on 101 ESPN. Mark, we always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I appreciate being on. Um, not 25, 33. 33 years in the organization. That's an incredible span, Mark. And I wanted to ask you about two all-time greats here in St. Louis while we've got you because I hope this is not the case, but it is possible that we're watching the end of Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina's time here in St. Louis. When you look back on what those guys have done in a Cardinals uniform, what, what are you most going to remember those guys for? Well, the the fact that, uh, you know, first of all, you're talking about, first of all, I'll say this. I don't think you're seeing them for the last time, okay? Second of all, they're, they've, they're just winners. They, all they've done is, is add to the, the, the culture and the history and the tradition of the, of the St. Louis Cardinals. Two great guys, two great players, uh, just, uh, you know, they're winners, They've been to, you know, they've they've helped uh, they've helped win uh, two World Series uh, for the for the Cardinals. They're a big part of uh, of everything that's gone on. And and listen, if you took them off, if you took them off to the the 2020 team, you wouldn't they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So they're just they're great they're great players and uh, good people, winners, and, and got a tremendous desire to be great and that's that's the difference in those guys so mark you actually set that up perfectly for me because i wanted to talk specifically about this season and one we all know it's been a little bit kooky and crazy and there's been (laughs) twists and turns and all the above but adam wainwright's performances in clutch times have been incredible, as well as Yachty, who himself had, you know, tested positive for COVID and bounced back. And, I don't know, he just comes back and hits his 2,000th hit for the St. Louis Cardinals and is able to help control a pitching staff that we know that is going to be super stressed throughout the season. So, speaking of this season in particular, what do you want? What do you think of Adam Wainwright and Yachty leading the charge for this team into the postseason? Well, you know, let's, you know, I'm not, I'm not with the Cardinals anymore, so I can even be more honest than, than, than I ever was when I was with them. And let's be honest without, without, they're not very good to, to start with. They are, they are a, a, a slightly above, they're a very average team. And, and with, with, uh, people like Wong and DeYoung and especially Wainwright and, and, and Yachty. And the manager's done a fantastic job, but they're, they are not a, a, a very good team, hopefully, but you don't have to be like great to be, uh, you know, I mean, in the, in the playoffs, there's, there's 16, you know, obviously there's 16 teams in there and it's, it's not the best team that always wins in short series like this. It's the team that plays the best. And, you know, when you got Wainwright pitching and you got Kim pitching, I mean, you've got a good, and you got Yachty behind the plate. They, they're just, uh, you know, they're a very average team, and and I, I don't if anybody uh, you know anybody says any different, then I, I I don't know what they're what they might be watching. If they, I mean, 
look at the outfield that they have. And, and for, you know, that, it just, that's why Wainwright and Molina are so, they're, they're unbelievable because they don't, it's like the older they get, the, the more they rise to the occasion. It's actually surprised me. So it's, you know, I mean, they get older, they get better. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think <laughs> the last time we'll see these guys around. I, I just tell Yachty this. The only thing I tell I ever told Yachty is, is don't get any more tattoos because when they put a tattoo <laughs> up of you in front of the stadium, it's going to be tough for that guy. Give me extra hours of labor in that thing. <laughs> no kidding. They, they put, listen, I, I love hockey. Yadier Molina is a hockey goalie. He can't be a defenseman or you know anything else because he ain't got enough speed. But put him in front of the net. He's got great quickness. That guy, is, and he's tough like a hockey player. He'll fight you. He would just have to learn how to pull the jersey over the guy's head before you. He... <laughs> I'll teach him. <laughs> I tell you what. Listen, nobody plays nobody plays harder in sports than than hockey players. They're they're that's why I like watching hockey because they don't they don't they they play, oh they only play twenty minutes they only play twenty minutes. What are you talking about? Watch them watch them play for twenty minutes and they're going hundred two hundred percent. I said they're they're unbelievable. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's what Yachty is. And, and Wainwright, he's like a he's a magician. I mean, because that guy's reinvented himself. I saw him in the minor leagues in, in some rehabs, and I would just sit there and say to myself, "How's he going to do this? You know, how's he going to do this?" And I'll tell you what, he's smart. He's and he's got a big heart. And this guy, he's just learned to 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 reinvent himself in a way that's guess what. He, he needs to keep signing one-year contracts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't give him a long-year. Don't give him a long-term <laughs> deal. He'll probably, he'll probably call me. <laughs> just just give him one-year one deals. This guy's amazing. He's amazing. That's why their their legacy is just that they're great. They're just they're just great, and they're you can count on them. That's that's the whole point. Their consistency and and what they do is it, it's amazing. So. No. Unbelievable guys. Mark Dijon, coach with the Cardinals for 33 years, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Mark, you mentioned there at the, at the beginning, you can be a little more honest now that you're not coaching with the Cardinals than you could be previously. Oh, and I, I, I loved the way that you came across of, hey, listen, this is an average team. Let's be honest here. It's an average team that they could still go on a little bit of a run here, but it's an average baseball team. What are they missing, in your opinion, Mark? What what needs to happen this offseason? Let's assume the finances are there, because obviously that's a question in every walk of life for every Everybody right now, but let's assume that the the finances are there. What are the Cardinals missing, in your opinion? Well, they it's they've got to make decisions, they, they, and it's it's listen, it, the decisions start up up at up at the top, and decisions is really what makes by the important people is really what makes the the organization go. So it's it's they have to make a decision. Is is Tyler O'Neill going to be the player? You know, is he going to turn the corner? You know. Is he going to be that 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 special guy that the the analytical people uh, thought he would be? You know, and that's why they acquired him. Um, uh, Harrison Bader's got to show consistency. You know, uh, Lane Thomas has got talent, but uh, you know, here's here's what here's what people need to understand. This is the St. Louis Cardinals. This is not player development at in St. Louis. The player development starts. It's down in Memphis and and and, and all them other places. You know, that's player development. You're not you're not trying to develop those players that they've got to get there and do it. And, and based on that, then if they don't do it, then they've got some big decisions to make. You know, 
Now you you've got to go maybe spend some money to to get different players in there. But uh, you know that that's the that's the truth. You know, right now I'm not worried about the Cardinals. Right? I bought a kayak because I'm going fishing, and I didn't know, but it had leaks in it. And and my kayak capsized twice in the lake, so I'm trying to fix my my kayak. You know what I mean? I sent pictures to Bill DeWitt the other day, so you know. But anyway, it's just like you know, that, I, I'm not worried about the the Cardinals right now. I'm worried about the next time I get out in my kayak in the middle of the lake that I'm not going to go down like a soft turd in the rain. You know. Well, Mark, I've heard that Flex Seal is a great product, and if you see the infomercial, no, okay. Well, listen, I don't mean anybody that's using Flex Seal uh, out there. I, 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 can I get sued over this? No, no, not at all, not at all. You're not. They're an not an advertiser for us, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Oh, dang it! it I just bought a whole work. bunch of it too. It. it doesn't work. It does not work. I took on as much water as I have. I was taking on water in a, in a, in a compartment that I didn't know. And then, and it's like, I'm out on the lake for 45 minutes. And all of a sudden I went to paddle and bingo over. I went. Well, but I hope you were wearing a life jacket. Oh, well I was, and I oh. could swim, but Hey, but here's the thing. I was trying to swim my kayak over to like this little Island. And I forgot I had an anchor tied to it. Oh, my gosh. And kayaks are no yeah, joke, so. too. When they're over backwards, I did this to myself at the lake. It flipped over, and the thing started taking on water, and I'm trying to drag it. It's like dragging a Buick behind you. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you something. I made it and then got back in it and couldn't figure out. I didn't know the water because I couldn't see the water. It was, like I said, it's a fishing kayak, and it's a sit-on-top one. So I was taking on water between the bottom of the kayak and where I was sitting and didn't know it. And then I went down again. And then I got to another little little island, and then I, you know. But anyway, what do you fish um, for? You think uh, I, I fish for bass, but it's hard to catch them when you're looking them right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Mark Dijon, he coached with the Cardinals for 33 years, you, joining hey, us. Hey, listen. Don't be disappointed in this call because you guys call me. You asked me to be on. I'm not well, disappointed. No, this is the this. best call we've had all week. Uh, all right. Well, I got to I got to tell you one story about and this is this is my I get way too much credit for what I did with the Cardinals, way too much. I, I really I was with him for 33 years and I came over here because of George Kessel and he was the greatest baseball instructor that's ever put on a uniform. And he taught me a lot along with Ted Simmons and Mike Jorgensen and all, all those guys, but you know what? I got to tell you this story. People I got people to listen to me. And I, and, and I would stand in front of the meeting and go over a schedule. Well, you, when you make a schedule out, you just trust your people to, to be able to read it and they know what they're doing, you know? So they used to, they used to tell me, so, well, DJ, tell us a story. And I said, all right, I'll tell you a story. I said, you want a, you want one that's, that's true or, you know, what do you want? I would make that stuff. And they say, just tell us a story. And I said, well, okay. I said, I got a call. From God, and I said, "What?" I got a call from God, and He told me that He was going to take me on a Friday. And I said, "What?" And I said, "No, He's going to take me on a Friday." And I said, "Well, why Friday?" He said, "Because He explained to me that He was going to be away for the weekend, and when He took me, He wanted me to take over when I was in heaven." Then He said, "Really?" And I said, "Oh yeah." I said, "So if you got any requests, like..." Put it in, you know, tell me right now. And then if I go before you, I'll, I'll get it done. 
And they said, they said, well, what kind of requirement? I said, well, when I go, I'm gonna, I said, I'm a ball guy. I said, so I'm going to give myself dreadlocks. I said, so whatever you <laughs> so, so anyway, so they said, you're going on a Friday. I said, yeah, they, and then I'll take over for the weekend and run the world. And then, you know, he'll be back on Monday. <laughs> they said, these guys are laughing their head off. So now at the end of spring training, I go to fly home. Well, one of our instructors was also from Connecticut, and we had a straight-through flight and, and, uh, to, from, from Florida to Connecticut. And it was a cheap flight, and it was, you know, it was on uh, JetBlue. And so I saw the guy, and I said, his name is Roger. I said, hey, Roger. I said, hey, how you doing? And he looked white as a ghost. And I said, Roger, you all right? He said, I don't know. And I said, well, what's wrong? He said, we're going to straight through flight. I said, cheap. I said, I said what, what's the problem? He said, DJ, it's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and it's God's honest truth, it was a Friday. And I said to him, I said, so? What does that mean? He said, you said you were going to die on a Friday. <laughs> I told him, not this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> And so I <laughs> myself on this flight. I said, oh, my God, people do listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And so, but in the, in the middle of the flight, we hit like turbulence. And I mean, you know, one of those big boom. <laughs> and I said to myself, I looked up and I go, please, not this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> true, true story. True story. Oh, yeah. And that was our, those were our meetings. I had people from the front office would come down and want to be in my meeting just because they didn't know what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I had them laughing. So if you can make people laugh, I'm going to tell you something. You can tell them pretty much anything. <laughs> and guess what? And you know what? You know, the, you know and here's, the, here's the, the whole thing about the story. I went home and I started thinking about Friday. <laughs> so I, I, I went and looked up when I was born, just when I was born. Friday. On Friday. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'll guarantee you, not only was Roger LaFrancois listening, the Lord was listening. I'm going to go on a Friday. I know I am. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm glad you didn't have the haze. I'm glad you didn't call me for this show on Saturday. <laughs> Remind me not to dark. book you on a Friday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. We have texts coming in all over the place. Best interview ever. You guys got to have him on more often. I could listen to this guy uh, forever. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. People love you. We loved having you as part of the Cardinals organization. He coached with them for 33 years. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you again today. Thanks so much for hopping on with us, Mark. Okay, <laughs> I like being out with you guys. Hey, we just remember now, you know, Tuesday is Tuesday, Wednesday is Wednesday, okay? Just remember your schedule. Who does your schedule? Yeah, we tried to fire that guy, don't worry. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mark, good luck with your kayak, buddy. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, it's in the garage right now. I'm going to go sit on it. I know I know it ain't going down in the garage. <laughs> when all else fails, I heard the duct tape. So it just solves everything. <laughs> yeah, duct tape. Yeah, yeah. if you're fishing for ducks. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, you might as well get something if you're going to be underwater. <laughs> well, I lost everything. Rod Reel. 
Oh, God. Uh, Mark, have straight. a great week, and I'll tell you what, we'll be thinking about you on Friday. <laughs> yeah, every Friday, not just this Friday. <laughs> You're the best, Mark. Thanks so much for helping out with us today, man. Okay, you guys got it. All right, thanks a lot. That is Mark Dijon joining us here on 101 ESPN. Once again, coach with the Cardinals for 33 years, and just an absolute treat to be able to talk with him We've got to do a podcast one day, right? Like the Ribs and BK special edition, and he's got to be our first guest. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And there is no way to go short with Mark Dijon. I, I'm telling you, that the stories that this guy must have, imagine what... Imagine the guys that he has seen come through the Cardinals organization. Again, he coached with this team within the minors, majors. He's been all over the place for 33 Ugh. years. Imagine the players that he has come in contact with, the coaches that he has been close with, uh, the people in the Cardinals front office that he has. Sto- like, I, I cannot even imagine the baseball stories that Mark Dijon has to tell. And now the kayak stories well, I was as say well. Fishing stories. And he had his dog. We didn't even get to the dog going nuts in the back. Like, you know, he was trying to grab that dog. You could hear him. I just listen, man. He's one of those good old boys that. You throw back a little bit of moonshine with him, telling his stories. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. I think this is also uh, a perfect text from the 314 and 65780 is their comfort service text line. I'm not sure if Mark is the best or the worst guest that you've ever had. He's the best. I'm going with the best. There is no question about it for me. Uh, that that was that was incredible. Uh, with Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. We do have a quick update for you from the Cardinals. Their lineup is officially out today. Jamie Rivers, do you? Uh, Be normal, careful! Don't ruin it for the fast lane. We'll ruin their game. Well, I was about to say listening it's because okay. the fast lane is coming up at two o'clock. Would you like to play a quick game of? The lineup game, or is that stealing? Because they steal our content sometimes. Should we steal their wow. content I think here? Stealing. You think it's stealing? I think it's stealing. Okay, so no. Do we offer to play it with them? No lineup game for us. Do, do we you, offer to do, play it with maybe them? Maybe we play to the crossover. No, that that would be that would be stealing their content for their show. This would be us. What's the stealing difference? their game? We're Very different. Stealing, stealing. Maybe okay. we have Mike Ryder go ask their approval. No, I don't no. think they're going to. I'll go ahead and that. give you the lineup. So here's okay. the lineup for the Cardinals okay, today. Okay, hang on, hang on. Mike Barnes Ryder, just turn your volume down. Meet just texted me and he said, "Mute yourself." So okay, I, so. I no think Cardinals game. Me typing no. with his fingers or the whole fist on that one. No lineup game. Here is the Cardinals lineup, though, for you tonight. Colton Wong batting uh, leadoff. He is playing second. Tommy Edmond going to be playing third base, batting second. Paul Goldschmidt batting third at first. Dylan Carlson playing left field for the Cardinals tonight and batting cleanup for them. Yadier Molina is catching. He's batting fifth. Paul DeYoung is batting sixth and playing short. Matt Carpenter is your DH tonight. Matt Carpenter DHing, batting seventh. Dexter Fowler playing in right. He is batting eighth. And Harrison Bader gets the start in center field, batting ninth. I guess the only real surprise there would be potentially Matt Carpenter batting seventh for you and playing the DH spot. But is it given Brad Miller and the struggles that he's had recently? I I don't think that there was a great option here. If there was, that would have been the DH. But I I, I don't have a huge complaint about Carpenter. DH I wouldn't be surprised to see halfway through fourth inning, all of a sudden Millsy's up there. You never know. Like, Schilty's done that throughout this season. Now it's playoffs, could be different, but... 
if there's something, if there's a big spot in this game, it it wouldn't be a total stunner to see Matt Carpenter pinch hit for. But that is your lineup: Wong, Edmund, Goldie, yeah, Carlson batting cleanup tonight. Yadier Molina fifth to Young, Carpenter, Fowler, and Bader. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's play a game of buy or buy, sell, or hold. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line. Buy, sell, hold. Coming up next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Did you? What just happened? <laughs> Somebody forget to wind up Woody. I think they forgot to reset the Wi-Fi. <laughs> hey, listen. Not my best outing, the, boys. The only That's reason right. I'm saying something is because I've been there. I've done that before, especially in updates where you're like, is there anything that I forgot to mention here? Okay, we're just going to go back to this segment now. So I, I've certainly been in that spot before, Ferrario. We, uh, Alex, I, I have, think you do a fantastic job. You it, add your own flair. Sometimes you add audio. It takes 10 minutes, but it's, I appreciate the job you, you know, do. The mic only twists a couple of ways, so I'm checking one score, the other score, back to the computer. <laughs> Wait, did, did I that say that already? Yeah, well, then I was like, did I say that? And there was three different things, and I'm like, which one did I use already? Back to the library. Oh, oh, Alex, I, I think you did a great job, okay? You know what, both of you? I, uh, I'm done with both of you and Mike's so much going for off. positive, right? No, I don't need positive reinforcement. I feel the same way about that sports center update that Michelle feels about me as a Chiefs fan. Well, that's a little different, though. Pretty much how I feel about the situation. You are one pathetic loser. I am all exactly. admit it. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for buy, sell, or hold. Let's start things out with this one. Buy, sell, or hold the Cleveland Browns. Two and one on the year after getting blown out in week one against the Ravens. They've had two straight victories. Now it has happened, though, against the Bengals and then against the Washington football team. They've got the Cowboys on the road down in Jerry World this weekend. Jamie, are you buying, selling, or holding on the Cleveland Browns? Ugh. I'm selling. I just don't think this thing is real. I think it's snake oil right now. You know, who'd they beat? The Bengals and the Washington Washingtons? And that's who they beat? Washington football team. I understand that. You don't appreciate the joke. Remember, Dunk? The Buffalo Buffaloes? I got you. I tried to switch it up there. (laughs) It was a miss. Don't worry about it. Maybe it was a big miss. Either way, I'm selling on on the Cleveland Browns. I uh, I just don't see it, boys. Sorry. Yeah, I'm selling too, especially against the Cowboys. I think you're going to see a game where you're going to get lit up and look, the Cowboys I know have a terrible defense themselves, but I just don't, I mean, you're basically going to have to outscore Dallas, and I don't see how Baker Mayfield's going to have that ability. I'm holding, and the reason why is because I think this is an 8-8 eight eight team. I think they've played like an 8-8 eight eight team. I think that's going to be what they are at the end of the season. Their running game is legit. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is arguably the best running duo in terms of the running backs that any any team has in the backfield. Their offensive line is massively upgraded from what it was a year ago. Baker Mayfield has been okay. He's been okay. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been bad. He's been okay this season. So I'm holding. I think this is an 8-8 eight and eight team for the Browns this year. Here's another one. Buy, sell, or hold the New Orleans Saints, Jamie. Oh. Because this is a team that after week one, whenever they went up against the Buccaneers, we were all like, oh, are the Bucs in free fall? Are the Saints going to be the best team in football? Now, the last two weeks, 0-2. Lose against the Raiders. Lose against the Packers last week in what was a really entertaining game. 
We've got the Lions this week on the road who just had a nice win themselves. Shame, are you buying, selling, or holding on the 1-2 and two New Orleans Saints? I'm buying, okay? And here's why. When I look at their schedule, yes, the Lions are next, then the Chargers, then the Panthers. That's potentially three wins in a row just sitting there. If Drew Brees can find his game just a little bit, uh, Alvin Kamara, that guy was a machine, and he'll just go right through some of these defenses. So if nothing else, if they overuse him for a couple weeks, it could have a couple of wins. So I do think that I'm, I'm buying right now just based on the next three weeks. Yeah, buy while the stock's low. And, I mean, this last game was without Michael Thomas, too, and you're going to get him back at some point in the near future. Yeah, that's three wins there. Then on top of it, you're just going to continue to grow. Breeze may not be at his best, but if the Saints can figure out to stop taking freaking penalties every game, 200-plus yards they're giving up. There which no is Saints. Okay, I'll give you that one. That one was good. They're going to be better. Bye, bye, bye. I'm with you guys. Bye. I'm buying the New Orleans Saints right now because the stock's too low. Well, this is I'm when selling. you know, yeah. <laughs> he KO'd them. Jeez, come on, buddy. <laughs> Can't even Gosh. get a word in edgewise. Sorry, go ahead. I, this team is not as bad as they've looked the last two weeks. They're going to eventually get Michael Thomas back, and the offense will revert back to what we know it to be whenever he comes back. He is partially what makes Drew Brees what he's been the last few years. Michael Thomas is really important. If there's been one lesson from the NFL this year, it is the importance of number one wide receivers. Look down in Houston. Look up in Minnesota. Look at the New Orleans Saints. All three teams missing the the number one receiver that they could go to in the biggest spots previously. I'm buying on the New Orleans Saints. Let's go with one of my surprise candidates candidates of the year buy sell or hold on josh allen josh allen if you look right now at what he's done so far this year second in the nfl in passing yards second in the nfl in quarterback rating and second in the nfl in touchdown passes behind only russell wilson jamie are you buying selling or holding on what we've seen from buffalo star quarterback josh allen so far this year i'm holding okay and the reason i'm holding is You just don't know what to expect. From snap to snap, you're like, you have no idea what this guy's going to do. I don't even know if he knows what he's going to do in that moment. So based on that, I'm not going to sell because that might bite me in the rear end. I'm not going to buy because, again, that might bite me in the rear end. So I'm just going to hold and see how this thing plays out. I'm buying. I am here for everything Josh Allen. I mean, this guy is a wild card, but that's the best part about it. You don't know what's going to happen, but you can guarantee that there's going to be a lot of points scored and it's going to be a close game because the Buffalo Bills are never out of it. I almost said the Buffalo yes. Buffaloes there. See, it would have been okay if BK would have got mad again. Well, that's true. Well, You're the worst. Yeah. Go ahead, Ferrari. That, that's it. I'm done. Okay. I feel like I'm in my update again. <laughs> You're opting out of this one. Um, I... I I'm between buy and hold, but uh, to stop sitting on the fence... Welcome to the fence. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. And here's why. I think Josh Allen's a franchise quarterback. Now... Okay, I take back my correct... I I think he's a guy that if I'm the Bills, I'm paying. I'm not paying Sam Darnold. I'm not paying a bunch of... I'm not paying Baker Mayfield. Like, those guys haven't shown me enough yet to make me want to keep them around after their rookie contracts. I think Josh Allen has... Now it's a roller coaster oh, ride. Players like that get people fired. Forget week to week. <laughs> you're right, Jamie. Snap to snap. You're not sure what's going to happen next. And maybe this is me saying this as somebody who's not, I don't have an emotional or a financial investment in that team. 
Maybe it's harder as a GM to be like, yeah, that's the guy we're hitching our wagon to. But this was the year he had to prove it. They put the weapons around him. That defense actually has not been as good this year as it typically is. That's been their calling card the per- first couple of years of Josh Allen as their starter. This year, it's the offense. 27 points in week one, 31 points in week two, 35 points last week against the Rams. Josh Allen has proven it. 300 yards passing every week. He has a rushing touchdown in two of his three games as well. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in football this year. So if I'm them... I got to buy into it. I'm going to pay Josh Allen after the year. I'm keeping him around, so I am buying Josh Allen. Can I sell? <laughs> let, let, let's make sure of this. If you're the GM and you're paying him up, I hope you as a GM have a five-year deal before you do that. Yeah, for sure. I need the contract extension first. Yeah. Then I'll give it to Josh sell, Allen. Sell, sell, sell. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Last one for you guys. Buy, sell, or hold on the Baltimore Ravens after what happened to them on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, Jamie. Well, look, this is still an elite team in the NFL, and and the Chiefs can dismantle probably every team in the league at this point, and Andy Reid certainly had prepared very, very well for the Baltimore Ravens, and I look at their schedule in the next four weeks, or next three weeks, rather, they've got the Washington Washington football Washingtons, they've got the Bengals, and they've got the Eagles. Those should be pretty easy to get through that. Then they got a big matchup against the Steelers, and we'll see where the Colts are after that. But yeah, I'm buying the Ravens, man. If, as long as they don't have to play the Chiefs every week, they're going to be fine. So I'm buying the Ravens. Okay, first of all, Ribs, you're very insufferable with that comment there. Thank you. Which one? I think there's a lot of them. I think that was compliment. I'm going to buy on this one as well, but I think you have to buy until you get to the Chiefs, then sell when you get to the Chiefs because they they are the kryptonite. They don't even have them again. But what is what's Jackson's record against anybody? Three and twenty-one and one. I mean, you're twenty-one and one against the rest of the league. You're going to be at that championship game against the Chiefs in the AFC, and then you're going to lose. But I'm buying. I'm buying on this team. I think they are a fantastic football team. Going into last week, I really did think they were going to beat the Chiefs. But I think it was Sean Salisbury who said this to us, Jamie, and he was proven right. When the Chiefs are playing their A game, nobody can beat them. They are the best team in football when they are playing at their best. And Monday night was the best possible version of the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid showed us his best play calls, his best schemes. Patrick Mahomes executed them to perfection. The defense was fantastic against the former MVP and Lamar Jackson. That's the best version you're going to see of the Chiefs. They're not going to play that way every week. It was also one of the worst versions that you could possibly see of the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to be better this week. Ravens or Lamar? Both. Both? The defense didn't look good either. No, they, they defense looked was awful. bad. I'm just Long asking. coverages all over the place. Marcus the, Peters was falling down. I was down. watching the lightning that night, clinching the Stanley Cup. I had it on the background, so I'm just asking. I'm trying to inform yeah. myself, PK. They, they were both. Both sides of the ball for the Ravens was an absolute disaster against the Chiefs. It ended up the 34-20 to 20 score was not symbolic of what that game was. Seven of those points for the Ravens came off of a kickoff return for a touchdown, and the Chiefs, if they wanted to keep scoring at the end of the game, could have kept scoring at the end of the game. It wasn't close. 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line from the 618. BK buys, and all I can picture is the stock market on fire and everyone running around yelling, sell, sell, (laughs) sell. (laughs) 
They should have me like walking around and going up to the specific spot where I'm like, hey, I would like to buy into Google. And the Google execs are like, no, don't tell them. Don't do it. You literally could be influencing the market on a daily basis, BK. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. By the way, I said earlier today, Trevor Bauer going to have a fantastic game. And guess what he did? Seven and two-thirds innings, 12 strikeouts in this one. Did not allow an earned run. I am no jinx. We're going to cross things over with a fast lane coming up next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's cross things over with the fast lane. Chris Ranji in studio. Ranji, I got to say, I am absolutely loving the hell out of watching what appears to be 17 different baseball games at once right now. It's pretty <laughs> great today, huh? Why are we working? We should have the day off hey, so we, we can watch the games. Does this count as work? Our job is to tickle eardrums today, Ron, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, oh. but you don't get to watch all the baseball. Well, actually, like, we there, there are 147 games happening today, and we don't get to watch them. The, you know what's good for you guys? Well, at least you're not going to be on the air when the Cardinals start. Wait. Oops. Sorry about that. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> you're a real jerk. Hey, Ron, um, real jerk. what's been your biggest takeaway so far, like big picture takeaway from the games that we have seen both last night and so far earlier today, the Reds up, or excuse me, the Reds are tied right now, scoreless tie in the bottom of the ninth, 0-0 against the Braves, and the Astros are up one nothing on the Twins in the bottom of the fifth. What's been your biggest takeaway so far from watching these other games? Uh, I guess I didn't expect uh, Shane Bieber to get absolutely oh. smoked last night. I, I, that I thought was it was brutal. Justin Bieber out there for a while. <laughs> He might have just done better. Bieber, he, he might have. He might have. He's good at hockey, though. That's the problem. Well, Apparently, he's really <laughs> he good at hockey. He can skate. He I've can... seen videos of him skating and, and doing yeah. puck oh, work. Yeah. Puck Anybody work. could skate. Hmm, skate. Looks skate. Like, it looks like he can He can kind of play. Um, sure. But, yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, but that's, you know, it's postseason baseball. You don't really ever know. Like, last division series, I did not expect in the deciding game for the Cardinals to blow up for, like, 100 runs either, you know. And it happened, which is kind of what I'm hoping for later today, that they uh, somehow get to Chris Paddock. And, but if, if his changeup is working, they're probably going to be in a little bit of trouble. You gotta ambush him, right? Because this you guy throws to. strikes yeah. all the time. Sixty sixty seven percent of his his pitches that he throws are strikes. One of the highest rates in all of baseball among all the starters. This is not their approach typically, but we talked to Jim Edmonds a couple of weeks ago, and he said, I would like to see them getting more aggressive. In this matchup against this pitcher, you've got to be more aggressive early. Well, And I agree with you. And again, going back to the Bieber thing last night, it's a perfect example of how a series this short can change on a dime. You know, if, if Bieber gets rocked like he did last night, that changes everything for Cleveland. Like, you are expecting him to be really good. You're expecting you've got a, a really good pitcher's duel between him and Garrett Cole. You think that's how it's going to go down, and, yet, and that gives you a fighting chance to actually beat that team. But if your number one guy gets to go in game one and just gets annihilated, you, your series could be over. Like, that's what this three-game set is is all about, and that's the danger of it. That's exactly what my thoughts have been all day is, you know, like the Cardinals today, if they can if they can swing away and get some contact on Paddock, and they got KK, and if KK's yeah. what he's been all season, if you get up one nothing in a, in a two-out-of-three series... 
Like the pressure is on the other team big time, right. especially when they don't have two of their their, their, their top two, best two starters. Guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, game three for them very well maybe a bullpen game. I, I don't know who's going to start that game three for the Padres in this series. They they don't really have a great option there. They've got Davies going in game two, mm-hmm. but game three there's there's nobody that is an obvious answer. It might be Strom who goes for them, who is also by the way one of their best relievers, and so that would probably take him off the table to pitch tomorrow night. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they decide to manage these first two games. Cardinals got to get a win tonight. This is a huge one for them. It's your lefty going up against a lineup that is still good against lefties. I don't want to say that they're not good. They are, but they're worse against lefties than they are against righties. This is the game that the Cardinals have to be able to get. Yeah, I mean, they've got to. And the thing is, with those two injuries, with Lamette and Clevenger out, for the Cardinals now, you you absolutely 100% have the advantage in the starting rotation in this series. You've got it, okay? Because now what's basically happened is Chris Paddock, to me in a lot of ways, is mirroring Jack Flaherty. Both were really good last year, and both this year have been pretty inconsistent. And now Flaherty is going number three in this series, and they've got their number three now going number one. So hopefully you've got uh, – hopefully on paper the Cardinals take advantage of that. But, again, it, it's it's a low-scoring offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they explode – and I say explode – for five runs. <laughs> I say get to four earlier today. Yeah, I was I mean, like, just get, get to four. four. That's all yeah. I ask for. Honestly, that's, that's how I feel about them watching. It's like if they get to four runs, I'm like, all right, guys, here we go. Yeah, that's four runs, but then you look around the league and everybody's scoring four runs. Kind of, you know? The the games have been pretty low scoring, though. That's been one of my biggest takeaways. I just mean a regular season, you know, watching them throughout the year on a night they get to four. You think, here we go. Here's some offense, fellas. But then you you go look at the scoreboard later that night and you realize pretty much everybody's scoring. It's 6-5, Right, right. So so I'm hoping they just have one of those things. But you're right. They've got to win this one. One thing to watch is I, I have been a little surprised by the low scoring nature of some of these teams, even with some of the better offenses struggling. I do wonder how much of that is you have no you have no video that you're able to use in the dugouts right now once you get to the stadium, and these guys haven't seen these other teams. You're yeah. playing within your own division the entire year, so it's just different. The, the Reds and the Braves, I would have expected this to be a little bit more of a high-scoring game, at least from the Raves side. I know Bauer's been great this year, but that offense for the Braves has been tremendous. They've been they've done nothing right. in this game. And I wonder how much of that is they just they haven't seen these guys all year long. So it's the first time that you're seeing the opponent. And that could certainly play into tonight's game as well with KK. None of the Padres have ever seen him before. It, Never. It's, it is really interesting because it, it almost slipped my mind. I was thinking about the game, uh, you know, Cardinals Padres earlier today. And I was trying to think back, like, okay, how did they do against them earlier? Oh, wait, they haven't played this. <laughs> yeah, they haven't seen each it's, other. That's yet. right. You, you, for, you forget about those things. Uh, it's such a strange season and I think you probably got you you I think you're on to something when it comes to that because there's it's one thing to watch video and 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 these hitters can get any information they want from their video coordinator from their staff they can say hey look I want all these at bats I want I want all of this and they can put it together for them and give it to them it's on an iPad and they can watch they can get anything they want, but it's completely different when you're actually in the box and facing it. And if you never get to see it for yourself, that's why a lot of hitters in a lot of teams often do poorly against a first-time pitcher. You know, people Cardinals always, in particular. Well, okay, and see, that's that's the thing. You, you make that joke, and Cardinals fans make that joke. But I think every single fan base of every single team says, "Oh, great, we're facing a guy we haven't seen before yeah. tonight." 
This team never does well. Like, like a lot but of the Cardinals teams are the team that we watch, so we know it is right, here locally. Right. Hell, when I was with the White Sox, that's all it was. People complaining about, oh, great, first-time starter. They're, they've never seen this guy, so they're going to get <laughs> shut down. I come here to St. Louis, and everybody's saying the same thing. I'm like, wow, I've heard this conversation before. Ron, what's coming up with the fast land today, man? I don't know. Probably talk about the Cardinals or something. <laughs> no, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs because I know you can't shut up about it. Okay. So we're just going to continue the conversation. Wow. Okay. Wow. Because I will okay. tell you right now. Listen, we've already got beef with the morning show. Listen, we don't need to add the fact. Some would say service. it's insufferable. I think it's. I don't think it's insufferable as as much as as, su- as much as I think it's obnoxious. Wow, I like it. Well, <laughs> Barnes, I hope you're listening, buddy. You're, uh, <laughs> We're going to get into it here. Your friend over here, <laughs> fighting words <laughs> for Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario oh, and Brandon yeah, Kylie. Mahomes, good for you. We'll be back tomorrow at eleven. The fast lane's coming up from two to six, right here on one hundred and one ESPN. You have been listening to the Ribs and BK podcast on one hundred and one ESPN.